Welcome, people. This is the second ever Ian Prendercast Christmas special, a very Prender Christmas. My name is Sean Peter Budge. We're brought to you, as always, by 121 Media and MGA. It's been a very, very long time, but it is my great pleasure to throw to the man to my left, Dr. Tim Davis. We're going to talk trash one last time for 2023. Your DU's favourite son, Dr. Davis. If you have an ailment, he'll try to diagnose you. He'll have no idea what he's doing. You shouldn't (laughs) listen to his advice, but he'll be as sincere and certain as anyone you've ever spoken to. And thorough. That is the concerning thing. (laughs) Invasive. (laughs) How are you, Dr. Davis? How about you close that door, by the way, just so we can... That's fine. I thought we were wanting a bit of air. No, Um, we've got a bit of cool air. As a doctor, I find air is important. Um, How about you move that mic just a little bit closer to your mouth? (laughs) I was going to (laughs) say... Feel like I'm eating it <laughs> already. Um, I'm good, Sean. Excellent. I'm um, finished work this morning. All done. Didn't really do any work today, to be honest. We had never done work for a very long time. How does that differ from your workflow since I, 1996? I find myself doing bits and pieces from time to time. Um, I'm good. I'm good. Great time of year. It's a beautiful day. It, it is, is magnificent. Melbourne is so frustrating though because we're going to have a rubbish Christmas day. Boxing Day might be scuttled by rain as well. So, anyway, you take what it gives you, if it gives you anything at all. I hope Boxing Day's rained out. I know. Why, yeah. though? So, so everyone time. who's got tickets to day two, it's like, oh, that's it. They've got the better day. Yeah, but <laughs> how does that affect one. you at all? No, I don't give a shit about cricket, so I don't care. <laughs> exactly right. You don't have tickets to anything. No. Excellent stuff, Dr. Davids. It's wonderful to see you, of course, as always. Oh, look who it is. <laughs> If it isn't the busiest man in all of Melbourne, it's for Baganoush. How have you been? Ciao ragazzi. Um, I've been quite well. It's a busy time of the year. It's, is um, it though? It is. Because um, dickheads want stuff that they're not going to use. We, we got requests for a proposal yesterday. Oh. What a dumbass. Um, when do they need it by? It's a 2024 problem, Sean. <laughs> well, no, but, like, but, did, but did they say, oh, we need this by? No, nah, there's a few people who were like... Maybe they just want to be at we'll the front send of the you queue the update. You know, can There's you update? nothing wrong with that. If you don't ask, you don't get, Sean. There's a few people who like, we'll send updated plans. Can you quickly just update it, update your report? And it's like, yeah, if I receive it by Monday or Tuesday. Wednesday onwards, no. It's it's just not happening. What was, the, what was Bradley Cooper's line in The Hangover? Because outside of school hours, he goes, I don't know you. I don't know you. He's <laughs> <laughs> collecting cash for the, for the trip. And then it's, it's just <laughs> the envelope it. is called... Go to the Griffith Observatory, if uh, memory serves, yeah. I believe. Once in a lifetime opportunity, he yeah. may have sold it as. Vegas money. It was on the envelope, I think it was. Yeah, well, yes, he didn't need to put anything on the envelope. That was one of those things that's in a movie purely for the audience. You yes. wouldn't need to put that on the envelope if you were actually we doing that. We would have figured that. it out anyway. We would have figured it out. The fact that he takes it with him. So... Well, one of my favourite, like, frustrating things like that in a movie ever, and it genuinely, I can feel my blood pressure rising when the film's approaching this scene. So in The Dark Knight Rises, the end of the movie, Batman, that's ridiculous. He fakes his own death. And then Is this the, uh, the nod to Alfred, who's having a little 
drink in France or something? No, not that bit. That bit's dumb. I mean, that is just – they are just ripping off Goodwill Hunting, but let's not talk about that. It's literally the end of Goodwill Hunting. I want to knock on the door and you don't answer it. You've, you're gone. It's, they've ripped off Goodwill Hunting. Yep. No, is he there with Selena Kyle? Yes. No, it's the bit where John Blake, played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, goes to the will to collect his bequeathment from the Wayne estate – and uh, says his name and, oh, we don't have anything for you. And then off-camera ADR, so it's been added, he goes, uh, check uh, under Robin. Just say Grayson. Just say, check yeah. my given name. I might, might be under Grayson. You're an orphan, whatever, check mm. my given name, Grayson. If people in the audience don't get it, bad luck. That's bad fucking luck. Yeah. It's not an Easter egg. No. If, it's just a little if, tip. If it's... If it's- Outwardly given to you. Yeah, Easter right. eggs are kind of have to, they're, like, they're there for certain they people. Subtle. It's, that was just a big, I actually think I groaned in the cinema. I was <laughs> like, oh. I would have groaned too, but I probably would have been asleep. <laughs> you snoring. <laughs> we, were, we were reminiscing about this. Oh, no. Rise of Skywalker? <laughs> One of the Star Wars, because we did this thing. So the th- three Star Wars movies, which came out over a six year period, so every second year. And. We did this stupid thing where we watched the midnight session at Doncaster, but it was like smack bang in the middle of December, like December, like the last yeah, like week, eighteenth, yeah, seventeenth, eighteenth. I was knackered, of course. And then you get to get to midnight, and then you know this epic movie starts. So it starts off, and you you know you hear the music, and the adrenaline kicks in a bit. But I think, like with most <laughs> adrenaline spikes, ten minutes later, the I, rapid eye <laughs> movement starts. <laughs> I did. I remember once. I had a glance to my left. He was unconscious. <laughs> and then had the audacity to argue with Sean about the movie. <laughs> I'm walking out of the cinema. I probably saw 25 minutes. I'm extrapolating. <laughs> the bits that I did see, I did not fancy. I didn't understand any. <laughs> oh, it was it was very funny. I remember I did. I cast a glance to my which to my left or my right, and you were genuinely out. Gonski. Yeah. You would we were we done. were in the minority, Timbo, of people who weren't dressed up. Oh, in kit. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't that bad. There it were a was few. bad. There were a few, but it wasn't. The prequels. I did a few midnights for them, and they were more. They were more people dressed up then. But if it's your thing. with the lightsaber, he's kind of doing his show. It's like, mate, you're not you're not performing here. You need to stop. Yeah. <laughs> um, He's been waiting two years for that moment in fairness You know that thing where I say breathing out of one nostril mm-hmm. oh, See that's getting picked up I need to swap Oh goodness Sean This shit can't end soon He enough. genuinely has the hands of an ape He's got he's got as much <laughs> See, finesse how, how much better You've got as much finesse as like the big silverback at the zoo Trying <laughs> to open a banana <laughs> See see the way they do it They kind of take it out mid Mid banana, they kind of, they kind of just. They, they <laughs> Have you seen the video on Instagram where two big silverbacks are fighting, and someone yells <laughs> to the zookeeper, like "Get in and stop that!" And it's like, "What the fuck do you want him to do?" <laughs> it's two four hundred kilogram gorillas, and they, like, they'd fight to the death if they could, if they weren't separated. It's a bad life, isn't it? You're in the zoo, and you maybe don't know any better, but you're there with someone you just hate. Another gorilla. You just don't like. So I'm gonna, Every day. I'm Speaking about it. rogue animals at in zoos, I was watching. Oh, I didn't, was I watching? No, I, I I looked it up afterwards, but I read on Twitter. Now you get those random. I could understand ads, but these are kind of 
sponsored tweets that have nothing. They're not selling anything. They're just so. Why is this on my feed? Anyhow, because you're an ape. There's four people who have died from orca attack. Yes, Tillicum. Tillicum's responsible for three of them. Who's, Til- who's Tillicum? Uh, like in he Florida is, Sea World or something. Uh, yeah, or Miami he, he's, sea he's now passed on. But that is rifle to the head type stuff. Look after the first death. I think there's some another way to kill a whale if you need to, rather than just sidle up to it with a shotgun. <laughs> this thing, this thing's responsible for 75 percent of the deaths. I don't think that would pass the sniff test out at the RSPCA. Going, yeah, look, I understand that you might have to euthanize Tilikum potentially. Maybe you could just put him back in the ocean as an option. But if you do feel like you have to kill him, maybe a lethal. Injection. Maybe not a shotgun. There's a documentary on Tilikum called Blackfish. Yeah, yeah. Was that the one where he took the? Keeper the under the water and yeah. like in front of the crowd. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, so that's Tilikum, the third. That's the third death. It should. It can't get that far. It can't get past one. Yeah, it's not like oh, I've taken her under, and she's having to part. He apparently like he bashed her around. Yeah, and so like it was gruesome, and people were just. Is this part of the show? No, so, it's not. No, no. Is this part of the show? Well, I just caught well, the head. Well, it is, but it far shouldn't around. be horrible. Yeah, the yeah. one with the the. the Gorilla looked after the little boy yes. that fell into the. It's a great story. Yeah, like had some maternal instincts, like mm. of looking after the little like boy, patting the kid, yeah. and the kid woke up and it was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. Have you seen the ones where the kids at the glass with the iPad, with the orangutan? Yeah, and the orangutan's like telling them what, what to press and to scroll up and yeah. whatever, and it just makes itself comfortable. And yep. what about them? Have you seen the the? the I chimps? reckon they should give them iPads, and get them to you know. They'd smash them on the ground. What are you talking about? Maybe they could be like at a bistro, you know, where the, the things are mounted. You so could, they could you just could, you could put those heavy duty covers no, but, on. Them. No, but you just you, you put them in the wall so they can only touch the screen. Yeah. Maybe like I said, like you know when they had the, the arcade systems at a bistro? So like it's you can't go anywhere with it. You can't take the controller yeah, anywhere. Yeah, I know the yeah. one you mean. Yeah. Righto. <laughs> that was a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful segue. Brilliant stuff indeed. So we're going to talk some uh, Prendercast patter here. I've got some some things I want to bro- you know, broach with you two idiots. How are you handling – I've put you both on a on a meme ban. This was some time ago. No, you may remember this. To... Have you noticed the difference? I haven't noticed. No, no, but this is the thing. This is the thing. You don't know. I have seen dozens and dozens and dozens of memes that I know that you two would find hilarious. And I'm just keeping them to myself. Well, all you had to do was respond to me in a timely manner. It, well, unfortunately, I'm not saying you don't have a job, but we have I jobs. I do have a job. What are you talking no, about? Not, I just said I didn't, I'm not saying you don't. You I've do have a got, job. I've probably got more commitments than you do. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I probably do. Oh, Keefy Wall. <laughs> I probably do. Like you can Shout just, out to Waller. But, you, um, you can just go and do whatever you want. At any time. This, you sound like my cousin Simon. Keefy got you in a cage, No, but I'm he? just saying, like, he's his own boss. This mate. That's right, he's, but he's also you when t- you work for yourself, if I don't work, I don't get paid. I get paid on deliverables. If I don't deliver anything, I can stay home five days a week. I can have a nine-week holiday now. I'm also not going to get paid. No, that's right. So it's, especially at this time of year, I am busy. So don't you want the relief? Of a nice, funny meme that you might find yes, funny. Yes, but I don't check and my amusing. phone. That's you, bullshit. You, you do send some gold through, Sean. That is the, bullshit. The, no, honestly, the timing of your sending. I reckon you were sending that before you got the job with K-Dub. I was doing a lot of that. I, I was, don't check the phone unless I have to go to the bathroom. You go to the bathroom 15 times a day. 
You have Crohn's disease. No, but that, I, I go more frequently in the morning. But during the day, I don't. But go this that idea often. that I oh, well, I die, I don't only check it every time I'm on the can. You're on the can <laughs> re- regularly. No, uh, well, the first thing you did today when we met up at Shopping Town was go and have a shit. Yeah, but it's also no, how, I didn't actually. How was Shopo, by the way? It's it was, good. Wasn't too it was bad. Busy. Oh, uh, uh, that was fine. Did you Can't, get park look, or were you already there? We parked at the office. It's just next door. And then smart move. It was like. Like we're like MJ back in his like heyday with the bulls. Like we were ushered through loading areas and back doors and everything, and and we just we just, em- we just emerged. We just center. emerged in the middle of, yeah. the, of Westfield. It was I just you know the back routes or the back out back ways to get in. No, legitimately, yeah, yeah. No, no, I know. This is mean. this is where the celebrities who need to avoid the crowd. Would this go is how through. Michael Jackson would be ushered into a shopping center. Yeah, they'd close it for him and bring him in. Were you security and I was Jacko, or vice versa? Well, you were ushering, so I was I was Jacko. Yeah, I'll let you be Jacko. Jacko's got some issues. He's dead. That's, that's, one that's, of, a, start. that's a start. I think that's the least of his issues of late. Uh, but no, like I, I just want to sprinkle a little joy on your days. Yeah, I want to send you some funny stuff that you would like. You could still sprinkle. No, but I don't, though, because you don't appreciate them. Oh, no, 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 no. So, this so is important where you're wrong. question, how do we get out of purgatory, Sean? You don't. It's <laughs> you don't. It's, it's lost. We're lost. Because I don't know if you two are ready to receive the memes again. So but I, how will you know? Well, this, this is, exactly, is the thing. This is the Sean, old. Um, at this time of year, you should. Kobayashi Maru no win scenario. With, like, <laughs> with all these Christmas movies doing the rounds, you, you should know what the spirit of Christmas is, Sean. And it's not about receiving acknowledgement texts. It's about knowing that you've shared it and that your heart feels good. I was thinking about this just today. I don't mind my. Again, I spoke about something silly in movies and The Dark Knight. You know, one of my favourite, like, nonsensical movie tropes is? So in Christmas movies, Mm -hmm. the adults don't believe in Santa and they have an awakening as to Santa, I believe in him again. Where the fuck are the presents coming from, mate? So, Fab, you got kids and you're like, I've got to tell little Timmy that, uh, you know, Santa's not real. Who's buying the fucking presents, Chief, that turn up every Christmas morning? Well, it's not bought. Santa makes them. No, no, but the point is that the adults don't believe Santa. They don't believe in Santa. They've grown out of it and they've lost their sense of wonder. Who's buying the presents? We get it, but you're thinking too hard. No, you're not thinking hard at all. You're barely thinking whatsoever. It's a key element of the whole, in, the entire plot of the movie is that the adults don't believe in Santa anymore. Where are the presents coming from? Because you're not buying them. That's right. They're engendering magic. The only way to explain it plausibly is they have some kind of epileptic or some kind of seizure. <laughs> they have some kind of schizophrenic reaction that they just... That's what happens when you are, become parents. It's the lack of sleep. <laughs> they don't wake up and think, the fuck have all these gifts come from? Shit. <laughs> they just go with it. That's right. doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And, to and any I'm not about children it. listening whilst in the car with their parents, which a lot of them are, that's why we have to temper our language at times, which we, we apologise for, but, you know. Sorry, Saf. Just make sure Fabba, Fabba, there's, there's three actually, days to go, just Santa's still watching, do not stuff up. Fab actually made a revelation that he's thinking about taking December's off moving forward. Oh, and, yes. And getting a bit of that sweet Santa scratch. Sean will do the photography. Yep. I'll, I will, well, not Santa, obviously being one of Santa's helpers. Who's, well, we need a Santa. Yeah, but, it's a, well, they're not all Santa. Kids aren't stupid, you know. They're no, Santa kids, at every. But they want a photo of Santa. That's right. I'll be, I'll be 
Santa, but it's not the real Santa. It's the it's the shopping center Santa. Yeah, but that's just the con- the conceit, yes. isn't it? So I'll I'll have the Santa suit on. Yep, you'd be a good Santa. That's it. And we're gonna we're gonna clean it because how much is a photo with Santa? Thirty bucks. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, I don't know. No, no, because no, no. See what they it's do. It's forty seven dollars just for the digital copy, Sean. Yeah. And, and no, get, but you buy a package. No, why pay like sixty and you'll get a few more. But like entry level is like you don't get change out of forty dollars. But but the most the most uh, economic version is like sixty five seventy. Mate, this, this is not a sexist thing. Forty bucks. What do you reckon? Any mother, wife, partner, anything. Any any mother, it's just not in their DNA to go forty dollars and print them myself. I'll do that. Nah. Fridge magnets. Oh, the grandparents need a copy. Of what? They put on their fridge for three days. It's outrageous. Do you reckon we could just forty bucks? I reckon the average spend is about eighty bucks. Yeah, because yeah, some, some do the well, extreme. What's our, but what's our entry level? What's our just twenty dollars? Twenty bucks. I reckon we can go thirty. Do twenty in the first year, clean up because we then won't work do because we won't do printing. We're just giving, we're just giving it. you the digital file, which you yep. can then take to Officeworks. So yep. then, and you ask for the email address and all the hotties. Exactly you've, right. You've got a, like a database. Mm, that's that's another part of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you could sell 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 the email. We could sell the emails for a data phishing scheme. Yes, of course we could. So, <laughs> just letting any clients know now, get the work done in November because yep. I'm otherwise occupied. December, I may be busy. Where are we setting up shop? Keefe Wall. <laughs> no, we can't do it. Nah. Well, obviously, we need like a grotto. We need a, we need a yeah, set. We need a, we need a grotto. Yeah, I was going to say because you can't do shopping centres because they've... Is it weird just to have it like a lemonade a stand scam. on the side of the road? That'd be a bit weird. Santa's, but we could build like a like a facade, like at Santa's workshop. Shop. We're on to something here. Yeah. Royal Botanical Garden. Yeah, but we'd need to pay the council though. We'd need to. We can't just set up a little business in the in the gardens. The parks Victoria would be on us like fucking white on rice. We rent vacant land, just somewhere, so a, a lot. But but it needs to be. It needs to be patronaged. visible. We can't just do it in yeah, like an we'll industrial set a, park. We'll set up a tent and whatever. Yeah, but people, people have got to come. People have got to be going past. We don't think people live out in the suburbs. You need traffic. You need people. You need warm bodies. You need traffic. We're going to do it in the middle of Hoddle Street. <laughs> <laughs> Council. Get your windscreen. Sure. Get your windscreen cleaned. Get a photo with Santa. Be great. Look, I got, I, Tim, I'm loving the business plan. Tim, there are a few, few details to iron out. There's a few not, kinks. No, no, no. It's, okay. it's location. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. There's no we have kinks. Sh- you dress up as Santa. You, but you've got to rent this location and your high volume well, location is going to come at a cost. We might not need to rent it if we can find I'm somewhere not renting shit. off the books. <laughs> we just, this, is, this is the problem with the world. Why do you need to rent that? This is it's It's something... Because some smart person paid shitloads to have the spot that you want. You know what it is, And Tim. he wants no, to no, no. cash you know what it is. out. It's about ask forgiveness, not permission. It's just Let's just it's set up. It's the spirit of Christmas. It is, yeah. Entrepreneurship, um, cashing in. That's it. Ringing, you can every, ringing every... You could dress up as like... You can be an elf. An elf. No, Harry and Marv. We can have like exhibits, like Home Alone exhibits. You'd have, have to be Marv. Yeah. You'd have to be Pesci. Because I'm fat. No, because Daniel Stern's <laughs> quite tall. I'm quite tall. Relax, Timbo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Pesci's the better actor. I'm giving you. Yeah. You could, be the, you could be the Grinch. We could call Nathan Morosi up. 
People won't know who that is. No. I used to work with a guy called Nathan Morosi. He looks like Will Ferrell. Okay. Really? That's yeah. good. That's going to save us a bit of cash. <laughs> so he could dress up as Elf. Yes. We don't want to. We just. We don't. Should we get a? Should we get a? A John. John McLean. 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 But yeah. it's not a Christmas movie. It's a. It's, don't. It is start. a Christmas movie. Do you want me to completely dispel is, the myth? Is is Love Actually a Christmas movie? More so than Die Hard. So there's a difference between a film that takes place at Christmas and a film that is a Christmas movie. Die Hard takes place at Christmas. Die Hard has no, I'll use the word again, tenants or tropes of a Christmas movie. It doesn't have the message of a Christmas movie. So now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. So it's a film that That's happens, not a Christmas no, movie. No, so it's a film that takes place at Christmas. <laughs> I take your point. As opposed to imparting any spirit of Christmas it's message. It's Christmas movie. my Christmas movie. Yeah. Righto. Um, I've got a new segment. Oh, hello. So we're going to do this maybe maybe every week. We'll see how it goes. We'll see if this flies. But the concept is it's called the on-the-spot top five. It'll cost him a meme. <clears throat> I think you'll like this. I'm go. sure hey, it will. First cough of the... That is the first no, cough. I coughed before. It just went through without being recognised by anyone. <laughs> so this segment is called the on-the-spot top five. And what it's uh, how it's going to work is each week on a rostered basis, two of us will convene to come up with a topic... To pitch the other. Okay. So for this week, Fab, your first cab off the rank, you'll be giving us a top five. In future, you and I will have put our heads together and see how close he gets to what we. No, not even that. No, no, we just give him a topic. All right, so this is my top five. So we talk about. So we get together and go. What do we want him to give us a top top five intersections in Melbourne? Icy poles. Top five icy poles. Whatever. Bullshit. You know, for you, we'd be like top five uh, swimmers. freestyle swimmers. Well, yeah. I don't care. Et cetera, et cetera, Peter Vanden Hoogenbaan. So the thing is, it's completely blind. Whoever yep. is in the hot seat has no idea what the top five is until they hear it. Okay. I'm ready to go. Okay. So, Fab, your top five to get us underway is something very near and dear to your heart, I believe, which is kind of the point. You're known for your love of your Madonnas and your Dua Lipas. I want your top five solo female vocalists. Now, you can decide whether you want to rank them, five, four, three, two, one, or do you just want to give us – there might be some topics where you're like, oh, geez, I can give you five. No, no, no. But no. do you want to rank them or do you want to just I give us a five? I shall rank them. I just need a visual aid. Yep. So I'm going to go to a playlist that I've called Wonder Women. <laughs> That's good. Diana Carter, number one. It is a picture of Gal Gadot. As the uh, album yeah. cover. Gotcha. Where are you? Gal. Hello. Here she is. See? She, was, she was in that first Wonder Woman. I've said this to Fab. She was so distracting. good looking in yeah. oh, quite a lot of scenes that it was distracting. Yep. It was actually kind of like, sorry, what's happening? <laughs> <clears throat> sorry. What are they talking? Okay. Yep. Continue, please, Gal. Okay. So okay. are you going to go five, four, three? Are you going to give us the five and then order them, or are you going to go five, four, three, two, one? I'm going to just give them and then I'll order them. So these are female vocalists that I. So they can they can have been in a band and then have gone and done a solo yeah, thing. But we're talk, referring to their work as, as a, a solo. solo artist. Well, Madonna is in there. Yep. Then there is a a lady that I rank as having the greatest voice. Whitney? Male or female of all mm. time in Whitney Houston. And a monstrous cocaine habit. There is a <laughs> she lady. Thought, I think she could afford it. So. Whitney Houston. That's, 
The next dead. The, Thank you. The next female artist is someone that used to really get things going. Okay. And then disappointingly, pink shifted and became a little bit too whorish for my life. Christina Aguilera. CA, yeah. Mariah Carey. Oh wow, Ooh, that yes. is geez. Right, 90s, Sorry to Christina Aguilera for leaping to that. Mariah, I was absolutely where you were. Nineties Mariah Carey. Well, it, was what do you reckon, Tim? He hasn't gone for Dua yet. He hasn't got Britney in there yet. He I hasn't don't think got, he's going to get there. He hasn't got Christina Aguilera in there yet. Oh, Diana Ross isn't in hasn't there. Hasn't got yet. Diana Ross. It's Cindy Lauper's got some the big, next, big, 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 big hits. What about Celine Dion. No, relax, Timbo. What about Dolly Parton? Mm-hmm. One of the greatest businesswomen. I am going to go. I saw a photo of her from like it was this, when she maybe married her husband when she was very, it was in like taken in like the sixties or something. And it's really fascinating because it feels like Dolly Parton's been the same age for forty years. Correct. You know, but you sort of and as a young woman and you're like, oh look at that, yeah, there she is as at twenty three or whatever it Did is. Did you see her the other day dressed up as a, a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader yes. playing? She's like seventy five years of age. Mm-hmm. Doing she, well. she could pass as a twenty-four-year-old. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but oh, I will okay. give you. I will give you this. These these are a couple of females who are. Look, they're going to miss out. Okay, so so these are your honourable honourable honourables. J Lo, yep, and a lot of people get the the poppy radio commercial J Lo, but the on the six album was 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 top notch. Jeff will you going to get it. <laughs> that was my next not, question. Not, not, not as a singer. No. That was my next question. She does qualify. Gwen doesn't qualify on oh, her own. I yeah. love Gwen as no doubt. I like her solo stuff too, but she's not well, getting that, in there. What was the uh, What You're Waiting For album was a big deal. That's uh, it's something like Blood Sugar Sex Magic. It's like yeah, that. It is, isn't it? Love Angel Music Baby, I yeah, think it's I think, I think you're right. Um, so she's going to miss out. Uh, Christina doesn't make it for me. Christina doesn't make it. Not strong enough. She doesn't make it. Um, <laughs> not whorish enough. Though, <laughs> <laughs> no, damn it, she tried. <laughs> um, we all lived through the dirty years. Well, put it this way: Is Britney in there? Is Britney in the five? Britney is vying for the fifth position. Was, you, you said Dua Lipa is is. You, you said there's something about that. One. You said that Dua Lipa. If I was a high school. He, of high school age yeah, yeah, right yeah. now, where are we? Poster in the locker? Or poster everywhere. You said that Dua Lipa was on like all-time great pace not long ago. You said her catalogue. Look, she's still building. You know who else was going up then who's also an honourable mention? Katy Perry was – early stuff yeah. was very, very good. She had one album. She had five number one hits off the one album. She's gorgeous. Why? Yes. Taylor Swift? Tay-Tay is very, very good. Very, very good. She's got. She's she's in the mix with Rihanna. She Taylor Swift is less your vibe, though. I want to hate her so much, but I listen to her stuff and it's good. But That's, she's she's less your vibe. Like Madonna's yep. in your wheelhouse. Dua Lipa's in yep. your wheelhouse. So is Madonna a billionaire? No, no. no. So mm. Rihanna, Taylor, Adele, Dua Lipa, Adele. Nah, she's lost it for me. She almost would have been a lock. Pink? Never. She can't sing. Adele lost weight. You hated her for it. Nah, she left her husband and went with uh, LeBron James's mate. Um, she did, didn't she? You still got to give me two. Who about Gladys Knight in the pits? Pips. At number, f- oh, I won't. Okay, Halsey's in there for wow. me. Halsey's in there. I love her. That I, is a, that is a that's the fuck is Halsey? Um, if you don't know, you don't know it. 
I think Fab just likes her. She's very breathy. I think Fab likes breathy. that. Yeah, her Bit voice. Of breathless Mahoney. Yeah. Oh, who's who's that one? The Channel Seven girl. Abby. Oh. Timbo. Timbo. Abby Holmes. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're talking about Abby Jelmy. All oh, right. Yeah. Oh yeah, not Abby Holmes. <laughs> Jesus. Um, nah. Ooh. Other abs. She'd be the type. If you were blind, you'd fall in love with that. That voice. You'd would ask be her for a cigarette. Give me your fifth. Let's go. You're not going to put Dua Lipa in there, are you? It's tough. It's really tough. Shit. Dion Warwick's a shout. This is, this this might sound weird. Warwick. 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 <laughs> I grew up do it, do it, uh, Taylor Swift is at five. Taylor Swift is at five. It's okay. it's regardless. Yeah, her, her stuff. Bill. Her stuff is just. Bill. Wow. Yeah. Because I I can see. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get a message. I reckon later no, 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 tonight. No. I, I, can I put do I want to do it back? Can in? I put do back in? No, there. no, no. If you she might to, hear this, if you if you ask me to rank on attractiveness, this is a totally you different said, list. You said her catalog. She, it's, she's building. She's building. But Taylor, See, Taylor, Taylor's got a ridiculous catalogue. No, but I reckon you like more of Dua Lipa's songs than you would Taylor Swift, which is, for me, surprising that you would put no. Taylor ahead of her. That's like saying the best Dua songs, for me, are better than Taylor's, but Taylor's just got more of them. It's like Jay, I love J-Lo's, but that on the sixth album is a ripper. But yeah, not enough. So you go and... I like them. They're on, they're on, they're on, they're on the list. What about no. Melissa Etheridge? No. So you got Madonna, Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey, Halsey, and I'll keep them in that order too. And Taylor Swift. That's that's extraordinary. I'm surprised. That I'm I, not- I, lo- I love. Do you know who else I reckon's got a ripping voice and a lot of good tracks? Very whorish. Tony Giles, Rita Ora. Oh yeah, brilliant voice. Hasn't done a lot lately. She got married. Probably taking a bit of time off and stuff. To Taika Waititi. Um, I <laughs> love. What's his name? Oh god. Do you know whose voice I love? Kelly Rowland. Yeah, she can sing. You didn't have Beyonce either. I was going to say Beyonce. Not a fan of Beyonce. See, you can have a great body of work, Mm. but if I hate you enough, you'll drop. (laughs) If I hate you enough. She's got got hit after hit after hit. She's got hits coming out the wazoo. But, uh, yeah, not in the top five for me. Did Rihanna make it? Rihanna's up there. I love Rihanna. A lot of people get annoyed. It's top five. Like, it's... It's it's Rushmore. Yeah. Almost. Almost, yeah. (laughs) Whereas... Number one was never going to be in question. I've got Madonna in the top five. Of What's all- your favourite Madonna song of all time? It's crazy for you, but that's... Like a Prayer. Yeah, I love like a Prayer is brilliant and Vogue uh, next level. Holiday. Oh, Jesus. La Isla Bonita. True Blue, baby. Yeah. That, that? that could be one of our people, songs People for forget, year. don't they? Like People for- That immaculate... Collection. Best title of an album, greatest hits album of all time. Mm. But that greatest hits album is fucking art. And the, and the iconic blue, the artwork. Yeah, everything. People forget because it is now so long ago and she's a little bit, she's kind of. No, no, she has. Fallen away. But. The thing that aided Michael Jackson. Is his death. No, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. Not, didn't aid him. <laughs> no, aided personally. his legacy. Was the <laughs> fact he went that out he, on top. Yeah. Well, he didn't no, no, I didn't go out on top, but it, it's, he wasn't able to self-destruct any further. He didn't decline yeah. further. Elvis, likewise. Whereas Madonna's like, but you look at that, particularly those peak Let productivity years, you're just like, 
I always laugh when people talk about a Taylor Swift at the moment or you think about the Beyonce, et cetera, and you're kind of like, Madonna was thing di- with Taylor. I don't different feel like gravy I again. It was a different time. It was a different feeling. It was she defined f- that era. Her oh, and Michael did. Jackson in the 90s were unst- late oh, 80s, massive. early 90s. Massive. Mm. I don't think people understand. And then carried all the way you know, like Ed, the You know, Ed Sheeran sold out the G and Taylor's going to do it in early Feb and they're going to be massive. And people still won't comp- – even if you go to them and realise how big it is and how big the production is and how big the hype around it is, Michael Jackson of the 80s is tenfold still on that. Tenfold. It was It was massive. outrageous. Outrageous. And, and, and he had the most amazing build-up being part of the Jackson 5 and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And everyone fell in, lo- fell in love with him, with him as a kid. And then his career arc that you just followed and you kept going. It was it was a treat. There's, Not that I'm trying to justify my Tay-Tay selection. Well, my love. She is getting <laughs> – um, there's a maturity to her songs that's happening now. Yeah, yeah. What, what I do hate, and I said this to Kelly – I understand why she's done it, whether you agree with it or not. The re-records, no. Mm. When you listen to songs and you you listen to them a few times and stuff, you know when certain licks and beats are happening. And even though you've re-recorded and it's 95% the same, it's different. You know what I'd love? So it's I, different I, to the your ear goes, there's something different about this song and I'm not liking it. I'm using this just as an example as... As, so I think I've spoken about New Order in the past. What I love about them is that they will they will almost remix their own stuff as they continue to play it, and it'll never be quite the same. They'll do it one way. But all the ways they've done it are on the record, mm. and if you have a particular favourite version of Blue Monday or Temptation or whatever it might be, mm. you know what that version is. You can go and listen to it. That's your favourite version of it. I would love for bands like The Killers, for instance, um, next year's the 20th anniversary of Hot Fuss, I would love if they – they don't have to do the whole album, but re- revisit it 20 years later. Would you do anything differently? Mm. The original version is still there and it's always going to be there and I've got it on CD and people have got it on Apple Music, whatever the case may be. But revisit it as 20-year-old 20 20, you know, 20 year older artists, more mature artists, better artists. What would you do with it? Mm. Would the song be any different? Would you do a little and different bit different? Doesn't necessarily I, need I to think, be better. No, I, I think with that, which would be interesting, but I reckon a lot of them would look at it with they'd almost feel compelled to change something. Well, this is why maybe don't do the album. Maybe do an EP and do like Hot Fuss Revisited, and that's what you call the song. You call it Mr. Brightside Revisited, mm. or Smile Like You Mean It Revisited, or because you just do four songs. What I'm thinking of, and this will hit with like you. Like for instance, I'll give an example. So. On Samstown, um, Bling, which is a fantastic track on that, when they perform it live, they've added a bridge and the live version is better than the, tra- the studio yeah. version. I rarely find live tracks to be better, although John Bon Jovi had a couple of stuff in his solo album, which I didn't rate his solo stuff too well, but he did it live. What was his solo stuff called? <laughs> The album was called. If I no, but like, what there'd was the, be people yelling at the. But what was he called? The band was called Bon Jovi. So it was, was called his... John Bon Jovi. Um, Destination Anywhere. I think it's like, was an album. It's like Rocky. Rocky Balboa. But, <laughs> um, the film's called. That was. Um, but going back, George Lucas retouching the original Star Wars stuff was unnecessary. And he's like, I he always wanted to far. go back because I couldn't. 
no, no, so do this that is at it. the time. But oh, yeah, like you said, yeah. I reckon he's gone. He went too far, but there were certain things that they changed which were good. Some changes were good where they removed like the mat lines in the space battles yeah, no, and cleaning, they cleaned that cleaning stuff it up. up you like, fine. That's almost like a remaster. remaster. You're like some of that stuff's good. He, what the he, animals is fucking What he needed, me. and this is what he needed when making the prequels, what he needed was Gary Kurtz, classic producer on the first two, he needed someone to say no. Did he have, he had like the Mormon beard? He did. Gary. A Quaker, a Quaker beard. Yeah, that's horrible. That's but he, horrible. but he needed someone who could say no to him. Shave your mo, rocket. But I'd need to shave the cheeks as well. I yeah, need to shave it, it has down. to be under. <laughs> um, excellent stuff. That was good stuff. That was our first edition of the top five. We'll once again, once we get into doing more episodes, we'll say, yep. it's your two. You two give me a topic. Fab and I give Tim a topic, etc. We'll, we'll flesh that out as we go on. I feel sorry for Do. I'll listen to her on the way home. You're an idiot. Here we go. It's a bit of a greatest hits this week. We've got a few new segments. We've got a few returning segments. So, of course, we're doing Millionaire. Tim Davis, Chaiwala Don Vale. Are you ready? I'm ready. Born in 1941, electrical engineer Vic Hayes is known as the father of what? A. Wi-Fi. B. The MP3 file. C, the electric motor, or D, the mirrorless digital camera. So Vic Hayes, electrical engineer, born in Indonesia in 1941, is referred to as the father of what? Vic Hayes, born in Indonesia. Mm, maybe like an ex- expat English family. or Darren's old man. From um, <laughs> Savage, Savage, Savage Garden. They had a couple of... They went through a phase there. They had a couple, they had a couple of good ones. Yeah. Truly, madly, deeply, of course. So we're kind of looking at a fella that has presented his life's work in about 2000, when he is 59 years of age. After a lifetime of work as an electrical engineer, and he's gone, what does the world need? What does the world need? And what are the options again? A A Wi-Fi the MP3 file, the electric motor, the mirrorless digital camera. Has he got lifelines? Why? I'm just asking him. I'm asking for him. <laughs> this is not usually how Millionaire works. Someone in the crowd doesn't just yell out, Hey, Eddie. Hey, Eddie. <laughs> Does he have <laughs> a lifeline? Give him a lifeline. <laughs> Do you want a lifeline? I don't, I don't want a lifeline. Okay. I, don't, I don't know the answer. <laughs> That's I, never stopped me. I love before. how brave he's becoming. I'm just, I'm just thinking. It's a fine you've line between brave you've and been silly. inspired by something, and I don't know what the something is. Mm-hmm. Is Vic Hayes alive? Did he just die uh, the other day? I've got no idea. No, no, cool, cool. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Sorry, I just thought of a story that Pete said. But I mean, he'd be, you know, be eighty. Yeah. I, I mean, he's 80, probably, 82, he's no, probably still alive. But. Yeah. Uh, that'd be off off brand for us. <laughs> no, okay. Well, look, I'm 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 just thinking as far as monumental advances in what we do. I'm going to draw the line through the MP3 file. Mm-hmm. Want nothing to do with it. The mirrorless digital camera intrigues me because you think about its addition into phones and all that sort of stuff, and it's really changed the way that we've done what we've done. The electric motor is massive. Uh, in what it's going to do for us moving forward and all that sort of stuff. But I'm going to bypass it. 
I'm very intrigued by Wi-Fi. Very intrigued. And I reckon it's A or D. My first gut feel was Wi-Fi. But I'm going to go with the mirrorless digital camera. Going to lock it in. I want you to lock it in. I think the change to our lives and journalism and everything that a phone in your pocket can now open up the rest of the world to and loss of privacy and all that sort of stuff, I, I, I think it's had an effect. And I reckon Vic Hayes... Is to blame. Is to either be uh, commended or blamed. So we'll lock in D. Thank you, Sean. Tim Davis, Chywell Donvale has locked in D, the mirrorless digital camera. Vic Hayes. How, how, how am I looking, Fab? Vic Hayes born. I, I just want to know if you're right or wrong, and then I might give my. Vic Hayes, born in 1941 in Indonesia, had nothing to do with the MP3 file. Thank you. He had absolutely nothing to do with the electric motor. Yes! The electric Come motor on! is a lot older than that. <laughs> I feel like. He's wrong, it was the Wi Fi! Damn it! That was my first I know. gut feel. Tell me if I'm wrong. Bluetooth is an Australian invention. Oh, I've got no Couldn't idea. I think it is. Yeah, man, I don't know. Speaking of Vic, this is what... Anyway, so just very, very, very quickly. So affording one person credit for any of those inventions is a little bit of folly because they work as part of a team. Of course. To realise that he headed up the team. Uh, he was the chairman of the committee, which produced the 802.11 radio frequency, which led to wireless fidelity okay. and Wi-Fi. Hmm. Tim, this is the segment. This is the we've always said, Fab. You you played it to a T. Then you, you played went it through. to a T. It was gibberish. It was calculated. It was, <laughs> and I almost was got it. And you almost got <laughs> it. That's the segment. So when you said Vic, I had a bit of a chuckle because you I, thought it was going to be a lawnmower like no. me. <laughs> we're working said, on we're working on a away. project, uh, the Surf Coast Aquatic Centre, okay. and in the fresh, at freshwater fresh. Freshwater places where you used to work. Yeah, that one is. <laughs> you have an Freshwater Creek. <laughs> um, so it's it's just north of the council's offices up there on the surf coast. So yep. in Torquay, and there's a trail called the Vic Tantor Trail, to which I once heard Pete on the phone. I don't know who was talking to. Was like, oh yeah, Vic Tantor, and the other person must have said, oh, who's Vic Tantor? Pete goes, oh, he was a, an Aboriginal surfer who invented the surfboard, and blah blah blah. And then as he's talking. I Google. <laughs> Vic Tantor, A, is an Aboriginal at all. <laughs> he did not invent the surfboard. I was going to say, surely the surfboard was invented in, like, Polynesia or, or the something. Fact, or... The fact that he's just run with this is outrageous. It's outrageous. <laughs> Brazen. Got to tell you two Pete stories. Please. So <laughs> the other one is he was on the phone with someone and they were talking about hay fever. And Pete said... "Was named after Jonathan Hay. What you can do, you go, goes, fever. what I've heard is you can, if you eat the honey from the bees that pollinate the area, so honey made from the bees in the area, um, You'll it, be, it helps. Yeah. And then, and then I, you, the, because I'm only getting half the conversation, I can only hear what Pete's saying. The other guy must go, oh, yeah, that's interesting. And then Pete's, all I hear is, but if a strong breeze comes from the north, you're fucked. <laughs> To which I I just I lost it. I had I had to leave. I, honestly, I reckon I cried for fifteen <laughs> minutes. But yesterday he might have done the greatest Pete thing of all time. So we go to get a coffee in the morning. So it's me, Pete, Pierre, and Pierre's daughter. We're waiting for the lift, and the lift in the office can sometimes get jammed and kind of close very, very, very slowly. There's a lady waiting for the lift as well. 
the button's already been pressed, the lift comes, and it's opening very slowly. And Pete goes, oh, the lift's broken again. And I said, no, nah, it does this sometimes. So we all get in. So Pierre, Pierre's daughter, Pete, myself, and then this lady walks in, and she is like, like staring, and she's kind of shaking a bit. And I said, and the door starts closing behind it very slowly. And I said, are you okay? She's not heard anything I've said. And Pierre's picked up. It's like, are you okay? Do you have a bit of anxiety? And she's like, just starts nodding frantically. She's like, yeah, obviously because of the lift. As soon as the doors close, Pete, oblivious Pete goes, my mate once got caught in a lift for four hours. (laughs) This lady's had a full meltdown. I'm talking about shaking, like started like making noises and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Pete's just oblivious to what is going on around him. Like, so we're there trying to, like, yeah, you'll be right. But it's like, yeah, you know, he was stuck. He was stuck. Do you remember, Fab? He started smoking in the elevator. I said, yeah, Phil. <laughs> I remember. He had to rip the top off like a can of beans <laughs> to get him out. <laughs> he got stuck kind of between levels. And after a couple, he just started. Stu <laughs> <laughs> <Jim> McKenzie. <laughs> oh, but Pete. What's the classic names he's gotten mixed up? Oh, he said. <laughs> if I I have It's I like have a, a mixed fr- metaphor thing where he mixes names together. He mixes everything. The time, the Friday night drinks where Pete and he crossed them so many times, the Prius Brosnan Charles Bronson <laughs> no. He got him wrong so many times that Alex, shout out, OG of the of the pod. Oh, Maurice. Maurice. Um, Alex was laughing that hard because he peed himself a little. <laughs> <laughs> because he kept stuffing it up at every turn. I just like all the classic things. And even when you clarified it all with him, and then all of a sudden he'll rip out something. Else. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Oh, no. Yeah, sorry. I've got it wrong. Yeah, no, Charles Bronson. In in 007. No, no, it's Pierce Bronson. <laughs> he stuffed it up so many times. We've spoken about it in the past, but his Fitzroy stories. Oh, hilarious. Just legendary. Going down to Geelong, seeing the president of the club. <laughs> his grandson dropped a pie on the chair or something. And he goes, That was a wonderful day. And then we sort of like, what happened in the game? He goes, We lost by 15 goals. with <laughs> Pete. <laughs> we play every day, we play Gridley. And I'm convinced because the average scores come up and I'm like, a lot of young kids must play this game because they don't – the scores are – the average score is pretty high. So we aim for a score of 15 or below. And the average is generally like 300 and something. So it's all about rarity. So Joe and Jared, who are in their mid to late 20s, their input is basically limited to – Present day. So – I can think outside the box. I'll go back to my child. I can go in the, the 80s. I can go even into a little bit of the 70s because you you've heard stories and you know these players and whatever. So you're putting in Eddie the Scud Missile and those sorts of blokes. And then all of a sudden you've got a top 10 draft pick played less than five games and Pete will rip out an obscure Fitzroy bloke. <laughs> and the amount of times on my children, I swear, and I don't swear on my children ever, that Pete's got... Unique answer, zero point zero percent. No one else. He's got the, he's got the unicorn. As you, he he gets one every two days, and then if a Fitzroy logo, do Fitzroy logo, or do they fall under the Brisbane Lions now? Well, this is what we at the start he was getting good quality ones because we saw Brisbane. It's it's basically a circle with 
the blue, maroon, and yellow band across it. And we were just assuming Brisbane Lions. Once we cottoned on it's that Fitzroy. you could use Fitzroy, Fitzroy and Brisbane play. Bears. Yeah. Yeah, so if, if one of those comes up for Pete. When he used Richard Osborne's brother. That's <laughs> Graham. Graham Osborne. Graham Osborne. Yeah. <laughs> that was unique. Yeah, wow. But that's a good get. I don't think their mum would have used that. We've said that in every single game, Richard Osborne is basically in one of the squares. <laughs> it's it's like the six, when is he not? It's like the six degrees of Kevin Bacon, but it's, yeah. this game is Richard Osborne. Yeah, or Excellent or Dale stuff. The, um, Peter Molinas. The Peter, the, I've just tagged that as the Molinas files. So we'll, we you, want Sean and I wanted to do a podcast with Pete. I've wanted to do several podcasts with Fab. You might recall there was one about Entourage, which um, won't be happening. And you said it um, won't be happening. It's just a very busy time and of year. One of them was that we would periodically get Pete and we just have a chinwag with Pete about something. When you take December off, you'll have enough downtime to do your entourage. True, but we're working nights because things are open late. This is true. Mm, that is true. Make um, them we're going to we're going to move on to our draft and trade oh. recap. This was my favourite part of the episode to write because I can basically just hand the reins over to Tim. And to, to those infuriated up to this part, you could have scrubbed. We've got the well, chapter you markers. You can scrub. Mm, you can scrub. This is part of the show, isn't it? It's TLC um, once sang, Sean. I don't want no scrubs. <laughs> um, have you seen the the other guys where Michael Keaton kept, uh, what's his name, Captain Gene, and he keeps on um, referencing TLC songs, and he's like, he's playing dumb, like he goes, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and Will Ferrell's sort of going, that's, that's TLC. And he's like, no idea what that means. Last tangent before we get into the Carlton stuff, because I don't want to stop. We watched Mean Girls the other night. Great film. I forgot about the great line of stop trying to make fetch a thing. <laughs> great film. Don't know why they're remaking it. Are they? Yeah, it's going to be like more of a musical. Uh, the Australian Melbourne girl, um, Anne Gary Rice, isn't it? She's Who's Katie. Glenn, Gary Glenn Ross? No, Anne Gary Rice. She was in uh-huh. um, the <coughs> the other guys. She was uh, – or oh, the new – what's it? What's that one? Um, That's Gosling and Russell Crowe. And, oh, yeah, okay. Didn't the other guys is Warburg and Ferrell. What's one? The Nice Guys with uh, um, Russell Crowe. Set in the 70s or something. Yeah, she yeah. played Ryan Gosling's daughter. She was in – she's been in a bunch of stuff. Mm. But she's from Melbourne, I'm pretty sure. But she's playing Katie, taking on the role, the main role. Certain things just don't need to be touched. It's a brilliant movie. It's a brilliant movie. <laughs> I will keep you here till four. Tim Meadows. So, Tim, yes. you're going to take us through our trade and draft recap, and this will lead us into our depth chart. Good. So, go ahead, take us through your thoughts, your musings, your – what do you want, Fab? Your idea of the depth chart. Oh, sorry, the um, trade and draft. Well, I, I, I'm probably cross-pollinating a little bit here. But if you have the local honey, won't be a problem. Unless the breeze comes through from the north. This of is true. This is true. When I looked at our <laughs> list, when I independently looked at our list, I thought the areas that we're probably a little bit light on, I said was medium forwards, because as I looked at it, you had Jack Martin and Jack Silvani, and Jack Silvani being such a hybrid, he's a bit of everything, and sometimes not enough of any one thing. We need that thirty goal. We do. And look, Jack Martin's 28 we need and Luke will Bruce. start this season as a 29-year-old. So he's not young, but he's ready to play his best football now. So I always sort of said there is a huge hole that we need somebody to fill there. Now, this is going to become a little bit of a theme. Um, Elijah Holland's addition has the ability to plug a shitload of holes for our, our football team. Absolutely. 
So the fact that our first pick we've ended up taking Ashton Moyer, I'm really, really happy with. And I'm really, really happy with because there is no doubt that this kid has elite talent. What he does with said elite talent is going to be the million-dollar story. And as I commented when we looked at it on Twitter and all that sort of stuff, we'd been linked to this guy for a little while. Um, going into the season, he'd been really, really highly rated. And, and the same as Harry Lemmy last year, um, at the start of the season, he was rated the second-best player in the pool. And that was on the basis of what he'd done as a bottom-age player, playing a little bit of senior footy, what he'd done at the previous year's National Under-18 Championships. Anyway, this year he just he didn't have a good year. He'd suffered a few injuries. South Australia, as a as a general rule, wasn't a very strong team. Their national under eighteen championship team uh, contained a lot of bottom ages, so they'll yep. probably be very good next year. It's one, and our sport is one of the, like it's it's not a basketball where individual talent will shine, regardless of how good or bad the side is. That's right. It, um, it has to AFL, be played. If, if you're playing yeah. in an absolutely horrific side. Especially in a forward line, when you, if you're not in the midfield, correct, you're correct. just not exposed enough, and it, it just might, and it's, if you don't it just get, might you know, bypass you yeah. a little bit. And so, at the end of the day, it, it is really, really incumbent upon your recruiting team to be able to know what they've seen, be be able to have recognised it, assessed it, understood it, and then if there's the need for an asterisk next to a bloke, if he hasn't necessarily shot the lights out, that you know you can still recognise. The mm. talent, because his his situation is obviously very different to Harry's the year before. Because Harry went to senior football and struggled. Look, he did, he did, and and he was expected to take the step. He didn't really do it. He had COVID at the start of the year. He missed a lot of uh, a lot of his preseason. He didn't present as he needed. Tim but- uh, got that information just looking at his charts. He just walked into the club rooms and started going. No, 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 I'm I'm, I'm widely read, but um, but Moyer. Um, I think he's got genuine elite ability and, and obviously his skills are exceptional and we long said we wanted speed, skill, talent, whatever else. I Without think the height, ab- who does he look like? He is Jamari Ugalhagen. <laughs> that's that's all I see. absolute two. He, he, he is he's a dead ringer mm. uh, and he's not Indigenous. You, he's got a good tan. You spoke... It's Mark Miranda. You, you, he's a little bit... He get goal of the year. He did. Have you ever seen it? It's amazing. Like, yeah, it's a good goal. Mark Miranda or Ashton Moyer? Mark Miranda. Okay. Yeah. When he was playing for West Coast. Yeah. Um, played for Richmond earlier than that, didn't yes, he? Yes, he did. That's where he, he was famously interviewed for Indigenous Round. <laughs> I forget why you're talking to me. Why you... And he goes, I'm Calabrese. It's basically, <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> Indigenous. That's hilarious. You, you mentioned the, the acquisition of Moyer as filling a need. Yes. Um, for me, the note I had, just to kind of um, prompt you, I don't need to in the end, but is that spread of goals is a concern for us. Like out doubt. of last year... Outside of Charlie, we don't get anywhere near enough out of anywhere anyone else. True. Everyone else is unders. I, I agree. And, and I mean, Harry, Harry, Harry has that natural yeah. potential to... Without a doubt. His conversion is what's well, held Harry, him back in the well, last Well, Harry's year. issue mm. this year was upstairs. Like, it, it, mm. it is... But it his, is, his numbers have the most scope to... Spike. Expectation-wise, yeah. to spike. Whereas everyone yeah. else, you're kind of like... What can we expect from Motlop or Owies or I still Martin? Think, I still or... think Motlop is on a trajectory. I no, don't... no, he is, yeah. but it's like what's what does he level out as? Does he yeah, level yeah, out as yeah. a 25 or does he level out as a 35? We don't know yet. No, that's exactly right. And and the other comment that I made looking through this, I, I, I sort of said when you look at the list build and what we're tracking towards and, and, and we're all looking at this a bit, 
you know, with regards to Carlton becoming a premiership winning team. Our midfield right now is a premiership winning midfield. Like the the stars that are in there and the capability, the depth and how far we run mm. is a question mark, but our capability and what we can do with what we have, it is competing with anyone and everyone right now. Our defence right now is absolutely ready to go. We have everything in that back line we could possibly want, whether it's tall, small, run, whatever it happens to be, mids, interceptors, it's all there. Finding the absolute balance, you know, is a little bit of a week-to-week proposition and it might be a bit of a horses for courses. You know, obviously the we had the, the Boyd in for the camp out to be able to, you know, um, you know, hard decisions is not something that we've been able to make. And oddly enough, even though we have two blokes that have won the last three Coleman medals, the forward line is the question because it's it's the small core and that opportunity and how we complement the two bigs and the kick inside 50 and all those sorts of things, that's where, whether we win a premiership or not, to me, it, where it comes from. And, and that's why you said speed and skill, had long said speed and skill, because it's about we win it and how do we connect into the forward line. Elite is, small is, forwards, elite small to medium forwards. Are changing the game. Absolutely. Yeah. See, and this is the thing where we don't need to play like Richmond did to win flags. That was just what was in vogue. Colling would have gone down a similar thing, understandably, with McRae and the influence from the Richmond team that he was a part of. So he's just familiar with that model and method working for them. So they've, and they don't have, let's be fair, few teams do, the luxury of Harry Charlie. No, that's right. So they have to go about it a different and, way. And it's about holding it in. And and, and pressure, I, th- I think one of the biggest things that changed after Camp Kernow was um, we put a real. Um, focus on our on our work rate and our holding the ball in and putting pressure on opposition and forcing turnovers and capitalising on ground position and creating scoreboard pressure. You know who was key to that? Who uh, I, who I Fogarty. Yeah, I was going to say, and, I, and I'd written him off. But you know what it was? This was this was such like an American. You can imagine it in an American sports movie. This is such a. I heard Sam Mitchell say it when he was coaching Box Hill. Um, it was in the preseason, and we played someone. It was just a preseason game, and there were a lot of kids playing. Um, you know, a lot of boys, senior boys, Hawthorne listed boys, weren't going to play this preseason game. But Sam's message out of the game was, um, "If you're not prepared to run, you will not play." Yep. And it was—it's the most simple. It is the most simple standard. Yep. As a coach, as a coaching group, you can issue your players. Yep. We all look at the vision. If you're playing in the front six, if you are not prepared to want to run and work, which for a professional athlete, should be the easiest thing for you to do. Correct. You will not play. And there's running and there's running. There's there's the guy that can run smart yeah. and efficiently and not um, blow himself up by doing things that don't benefit anybody. Um, and there are those that are just manic and, 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 and will do everything and, and hope that it hits. So, which is, we've said at times, is a little bit Matt Cottrell, um, but... Shit, he did work it out a lot this year at times. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the only other comment that I've sort of thought from a small forward perspective is Motlop's 20, Owies is 26, will start the season 27, Fantasia is 28, Fogarty is 24, staying the season 25, Durden is 21, staying the season 22. And they're not necessarily old, but there's a few of them what you've seen is as good as you're going to get. There's certainly upside to Motlop. There's certainly upside to Durden. Does he get on the park is is the big question. So, well, I suppose what you're saying, Tim, is 
they're reaching the stage where we need to know. Yeah. Are you what we need, Correct. or do we need or to? Do upgrade? we need to get elsewhere? And 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 this is why uh, I look at Elijah Hollands, and I think while I think he can play midfield, I think the talk has been he will be high half forward. And when you looked at a lot of his highlights, his ability to be able to create goals from spillage and all that sort of stuff, and his uh, his skills and his goal sense is probably what sets him apart from everybody else. And I've got this sneaky suspicion that he he's going to be a little bit Dean Rice 94. When he played the Friday night when game... When he did his against, knee? When he did his knee, I was watching that game and I've said to myself, we've just won the premiership. And <laughs> 25 minutes later, he did an ACL and he was done for the year and he Tony never free, played Tony Free fell That's across what, him. It was, and, and, but then the whole thing was you thought it was just a freak accident. Yeah. He doesn't have... like it, There's no risk of him doing it again. you just got to get him right and hope that he can recapture that form which he pretty much did, and he ended up having a very long career. I've got a funny feeling Elijah Hollands might be the key. He needs to be, in the last couple of years, and this is, um, we haven't really seen what Nick Austin can do on draft night yep. with, you know, because if we've traded a lot of stuff away and we've manoeuvred around that way. But, like, Moyer kind of needs to be a good player. Yep. He was picked 29. But, but, but I mean, yeah. I'm not asking for him to be no, a superstar, no, 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 but no, no. Gee, we need to get some value there. We need to get some value from like a Billy Wilson or one of those other picks after him. We also need the acquisition of an Elijah Hollands. Yeah. We don't need him to be a superstar, yep. but we need him to be good pickup. But I think I think he has um, a versatility that will be able to see him fill a few roles, but I think that high half forward, getting at the feet, converting off um, spillage from the talls. Speaking of that and, era. And, yes, is he is he a little bit Adrian Whiteheady? Uh, I think he's a smoother operator, and I mean, I think Whitehead Whitehead should have ultimately played wing, changing potentially inside. I, I think we were given, you know, a sniff of what he was potentially going to be, and that foot injury, which obviously ended up being becoming a legal issue and all that sort of stuff. If if he'd been handled right and had been allowed to develop and be what he was destined to be. He could have been anything. That goal he kicked late in 95. Yes. He just kicked it from, what, 40? You, you don't – it's just easy. It's just easy. It's ridiculous. So very well done, Tim. I very oh, much and, like and that. And just the only other things that I was going to say, I'm fascinated to see if the decision to renege on the Elijah Holland's three-year contract Why? may bite us in the ass because I think you were getting great value at where he was at in yeah. the end – You've probably delivered the message and said, we want you, but we want you on our terms and we're watching to see how you're going to go about it. I was a little bit... I'd rather have that problem than the other way. Well, this is the thing. If he's at, He will be out of contract at the end of this year. I w- what I would like to see us do is if he comes to the club and trains the house down, I would extend his contract before he plays a game just in case by the end of the year he's a $600,000 player because I think there is every chance. To be chance. honest, Timbo, $600,000 players aren't. That's not killing you at the moment. No, but at the moment... We were going to sign him for three fifty. Yeah, at the moment year. he's nowhere near that. No. We were going to sign him for a million over three and I think I think we've said we're giving you a one-year contract and it might even be... I don't think it'll be minimum chips because I think we'll, you wouldn't have got gotten no. him for that. But once... The message came out that he had a court appearance and all that sort of stuff coming. There was going to be a quick big question mark. Um, Billy Wilson, I saw play as a bottom age player. 
uh, played on a wing, very, very light, but they were very excited by him. And, and ultimately the he's one thing... light, but solidly, solidly built. He's not slender. He has a he's frame. Slim, but he's, yeah, he's, got, he's, he's got, a a bit of, got a bit of muscle in that frame. Yeah, well, on, on the website, he's 66 kilos now. What? <laughs> in the end, I'm how, old, the... how old is that data? Did well, he have a bout of diarrhea before <laughs> the weigh-in? That's, that's... No, he, he's, he is lean and he is light. And, I and reckon that's it. That's I a, don't know that you can because they ultimately said second half of the season he started playing inside for Danny Nong and was finding his own footy and doing a lot of stuff and he's good in traffic. He's got a good good agility, good speed, good vertical leap. He's got good skills. Um, he may be a long term project. <laughs> it's what I'm. I don't think to. he's sixty six kilos, mate. Timbo I, don't is, shoot the messenger. You go. No, you, I just think it's an incorrect look at, and it might be. Um, the caveat on all of this is is the spectre of the Camparelli brothers. You know, obviously, like they are they are not they're not they the, these two kids are not the best players in this next year's group. It's just this they've both had good games on this day. They have a name. It's a it's a, a story that's very. I easy think Ben to Camparelli is a decent footballer. Yes, um, Lucas. Lucas is 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 look. He's going to get picked up. I think even oh, they both get picked up, but I don't think they're going to be top ten draft picks because I think there's more talent in there. However, you don't know how these guys are going to develop. And yeah. the one thing that we've always said is these guys don't have an AFL body now. They're, they're not doing anything because they have um, a physical advantage over everybody. But in their, it's not in their DNA to be beasts either. No, that's well. Scott Scott was put on some size by the end of his career. It took he 10 grew, years. He grew a yeah, beard. No, he did, yeah. <laughs> My favourite uh, Camparelli look was the Al Pacino, Dirty Mo, and yeah. the long hair, 2000. Do you know what I loved about Campo? If he spotted an open goal square, he yeah, knew, yeah. I just he need to keep his 40, yep. and this will just, especially in the wet, Campo knew, this just rot, this what a fucking great player he was. I, and, I liked, and the only other one thing that I wanted to say was, I reckon we have three needs on our list. One is an elite small forward. How do you get it? Where does it get from? Where does it come from? Do you require it or do you develop it? Um, our small defenders: Doherty is thirty, Sard is twenty-nine, Zach Williams is twenty-nine, Jordan Boyd is twenty-five, Alex Chincotter is twenty-seven. Like that's an old core. There's no genuine youth coming in Cowan. behind it. Lockie Cowan, I've got as a medium because he's one hundred eighty-eight, but that's the role, and he mm. may. We may have the guy. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if we start looking, and again, whether that's a free agent. Could you get somebody in in free agency that you can give a really simple role to who might be playing as a midfielder or a fringe midfielder somewhere that had talent as a junior and you can deploy him as a defender? Possibly. A lockdown small defender, I'm, I'm, I defer to you, you are the recruiting master. I would easier say to find. the easiest position to find and develop. We might have had him. We had the player. Who? Paddy Dow. No, you know the answer to this question. We had the small lockdown defender with speed and strength and was on his way to becoming an absolute star and he did an ACL and he went back to Ireland. Kieran Byrne. Kieran Byrne. I he, I love he's on the boy. list. He's doing he's doing the role right now and could be a chance of becoming a premiership player. Socks up, yep. Kieran Byrne. Yep. Had a hair transplant. Is that a fact? He did, yep. Lovely guy. I think he's like open to gym or something. Yeah, good on him. And then the uh, the last one that we need on our list that we don't have is we need a project key defender because do we um, though? 
Well, Wetering's 26. So Marchbank is 27. Lewis Young's 25. Sam Durden, Durden 27. Mitch McGovern, 29. What's Dom? Brody Kemp's 22. Dom is 21. Is he's, he an, not- he's an athletic 194 key defender. Can I say, so you're rattling off those ages, and I think that there is, there is a shift as well. We don't where, need it now. No, no. We need like, it in behind what we've got. But like 20 years ago, when someone said, oh, he's, 20, he's 29, you sort of went, oh, has he got three more in him? Yeah. Everyone's playing longer. They can play till they're 35. They're getting very well paid. Very well better after. prepared than they were ever before. But I agree there is the need there in certain isolated specific positions that we will look to pick off. Yep. The obvious one from the small forward was the sliding doors, Tom Papley. Yeah, absolutely. That was the sliding doors of two, three years ago, whenever it was, when that was identified. And for all intents and purposes, the deal was done. And we'll get him cheap for, for, for what he's ended up being. Mm. And you would have had him long term. And yep. once you had him, you'd have had him forever. I wouldn't necessarily think that's off the table, depending on how things go. Well, a Sydney that's just picked up, who have they picked up? They've picked up Brody Grundy. Taylor they Adams. picked up Taylor Adams. James Jordan. Uh, Joel Hamley. Like, that's but four massive additions. I agree, and that's but, replaced uh, Paddy McCartan but, and a Tom Hickey who played half-decent footy at times. But if they regress a little bit and if we stay the course and I'm are I'm not okay, as sold on Sydney as the media and Tim Davis are. Well, Timbo's Bloods. Timbo's Bloods. Well, they, they have a very young midfield who whose best football I think, has been I think very they good. Are, yes, they can play good and they've got an elite talent in the Turk, but... <laughs> Chopper? What was his name? Was it Jimmy the Turk? <laughs> was not Chopper? Do you mean Chad Warner or what? No, Errol Goulden. Errol Goulden. Oh, Errol, yeah, okay. What was his name in Chopper? The, someone the Turk, wasn't it? The um, Was he the one he shot outside Bojangles? He could have been, yeah, because he was just talking to him. Just... <laughs> With the moustache. I, re- I remember, I don't remember his name. What a great movie. I saw an American Guy that. review, because Andrew Dominic, the director, did the Marilyn Monroe film last year with uh, Ana de Armas, and it was controversial, whatever. Yeah. And it was, some guy was reviewing it, and it was a bit of a Marmite film. But this guy goes, you know, Andrew Dominic, uh, it's like the best filmmaker you've You've never heard of, like he listed. He did uh, the assassination of Jesse James with Brad Pitt, which was really like, which was great. Mm. And he did like Killing Me Softly, which is a Brad Pitt film, which was okay. But he goes, he made this film called Chopper. He goes, which is the because it's the best film you've never seen. This American guy goes, it's the best film you've never seen. Eric Banner, based on a true story, blah blah blah. He goes, unbelievable. It's the best. He goes, you need to watch it. He goes, I was watching it. If you knew nothing about it, you'd be... He goes, I was watching it and <laughs> I was lost. done himself a mischief. He goes, and I was lost and I was sort of like, he goes, I actually had to pause the film and he goes, I had to do a YouTube chopper read. Absolutely. To kind of go... Which would have been fascinating in itself. He goes, to sort of go, okay, okay, what's happening? Okay, this is who the guy is. Okay, Eric, Eric Banner's amazing. Blah, 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 blah. And he goes, to get the whole of it. He goes, unbelievable. Yeah. It's got... It's... Castle-like in it's got so many lines that just get reproduced. Oh, totally. Like, here, no cash. Cash? Cash. No. Uh, Robbo? <laughs> no cash. No cash. <laughs> no cash. Um, oh, that was shot in uh, Templestowe, that house. That, there you go. Yeah. My very, very last comment on the list, um, I am so fascinated with Lewis Young this year because I don't know if he's training as a key defender. I don't know if he's training as a backup ruckman. 
I don't know what he's doing. And, and it wouldn't surprise me if he's the sort of guy that ends up being traded because he's superfluous to our needs to be able to bring something else in if that's what we need. Because key defenders are very, very hard to get and his best football is very, very good. But if we can integrate him into what we're trying to do, and there are a lot of bodies back there, like Marchie's eight-season, eight-game cameo this season on the back of having done precious little He's fallen down the depth chart. But look, his best football. Like but, he, he played. He played in that final ahead of Brady Camp. But which I would have thought was who? Marchie. No, we're talking about Lewis Young. I'm talking about Lewis, Lewis Young. Lewis Young's not in there. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely. Lewis, the beauty of Lewis Young can runk, can ruck in a bind. Yes. Yep. Can play key back in a bind. Yeah, and can he's got forward. great hands. Got great and hands. And it's sort of like he actually breaking case of emergency is quite handy. Mm. So it when was a, Pitnet it was eventually very, goes very down, good two years ago. <laughs> Now, Pitnet's knee's not going to be right. Give us 30 seconds on Matt Carroll, Rob Monaghan, and Hudson O'Keefe, who I've never heard of at all. So Hudson O'Keefe was the uh, the Vic Metro Ruckman from previous year. Big head of hair. Yeah, we picked him up as one of the pre-season rookie additions last year. Yeah. And his birth date is like... 27th of December. So he, he is actually – he's been on the list for a year and he's about to turn 19. Yep. So he is, you know, young, young, young. Long and, term. And he's, a, yeah, super long term, but obviously not having depth in ruck and having a guy like there, a little bit like Murkov, being able to tick along in behind it. Can you become something or, like you said, how long do we take to be able to work out whether the guy has what we need and you start looking to the next? The thing with O'Keefe too – which is, and I do see it at Box Hill sometimes, is because he's quite young, he's quite raw, and he's in a position where you have to develop, put on size, all that sort of stuff. I think what sometimes may frustrate fans or confuse fans is he just, A, week to week won't have a role in the VFL, so he'll just train. Like there, there won't just will not be the ability to carry an additional Ruckman, so he just won't have a game. What about Development League? You can't. No, there's nothing. There's no Development League. Um yeah, or or cool. he he actually physically can't play back to back weeks in yeah. that role because yeah. it's such a demanding such a tough role. So I think sometimes those guys kind of go missing from you know they're, they're off the radar. So fans can kind of perceive what's happening with him, where is he, what's going on with his development. When the reality is, like I said, I saw us play that game. I've spoken about it before. We lost to Collingwood in the VFL by 130 points, but we were playing like four ruckmen. Yeah, and he just went, "That's just dumb." Yeah, you're, you're exposing mm. yourself. It's just dumb. Like, why would you you're do this? Too just, top heavy. Yeah. Just say to the young boy. Just and they go, had like Jamie Elliott oh, like, coming back. And so yeah. they, they, they were, they were for ultra Solo, small. They, they had, had for Solo, Main, Elliott. They had like an AFL quality forward line. They just carved us up. But recruit the main man from Fremantle. Oh no, he's done it again. <laughs> That's the best. Oh, <laughs> he's told but I love it. But the uh, point I'm making, sorry. There's occasions when this guy. We'll just have to do heavy training. You live yeah. next to Dom Toretto. In lieu of getting a game. Yeah. And then from the outside looking in, you think, where is he? Yeah. Where's he at? Rob Monaghan's one of our two Irish rookies that we recruited. Okay, so that's He's from he County met, Kerry. Patrick something. Patrick Duffy. Matt, Matt Duffy. Yep. That but Matt Duffy <laughs> went yeah, he, back he and he did an ACL. <sighs> Interestingly, Dumb. He was he's, the not, one. he's not named on the list. No, he's not on the list. So... They've said we're going to support him through your rehab and all that sort of stuff. Kind of feels like you're not part of the plans in the future, but we made a commitment. We'll see the commitment through. We'll, we'll help you. We kind of made a commitment. Did he? No. Well, the point. No, I think they permit him to do that. No. Well, the issue and is, I think, why would we carry him with an ACL? Why would we? It's a thing. We'll just it fr- freeze up a spot. Yeah, he'll rehab. Like we'll give him the 
support. He's just not on the list. There's no point carrying him on the list. Yeah. But I wonder whether he's... Yes, he'll be supported. I think he's, I th- I think I he's coming he out. Was on the list. No, I think he's coming out mid-year to do something. Well, I'd like to see him on the list. But, but anyway, but this is the—I think the point is what they think is why would we carry this guy who we know is not going to play a game? Yeah, well, that's yeah. right. Uh, and your last question: Matthew Carroll was our one and only selection in the rookie draft this year. Yep, he's a halfback flanker from Sandringham Dragons. Don't hate me if I get this wrong. I think Sandy won the TAC Cup. You know, they get all the uh, mm. private school kids back and all that sort of stuff. And I think he was just one of those guys. And again, he's a very, very late birthday. So he's one of the young guys. Um, we were linked to him with our second pick in the, the draft proper. Um, never got picked up. We had pick 15 in the rookie list, uh, rookie draft. He was still there. He was our selection. Okay. So it's a guy that we've always liked. We've added him. Again, he's young. Wouldn't say he's a project, but he's you know what, he's what we want and need. You keep mentioning the birthdays, and the birthdays are relevant because we're in a position now where we don't need we don't need anything now. Now, yep. So we can look at it and go, he's shown a little bit. We don't need him for twenty twenty four, so he yep. can play Jackson Bin style. He yep. can play a whole but it's year. It's still in important that we develop. Yeah, oh. no, absolutely. But well, we can get a guy who, if we take him now, he's pick fifteen in the rookie draft. Yep. If he was in the draft next year. Maybe he's picked 25. 20, yeah. Yeah. And and on that, very, very similarly, Jack Carroll. Jack Carroll's been on the list for three years now. Paddy Dow's been moved on. If we do have injuries and there's a guy that's ready to come through in the midfield rotation, the answer is Jack Carroll. Does he get the opportunity? Does he take the opportunity? Oh, I haven't seen it. Pat, look, they've said Some he's trained. Love, love, love him. They've said he's training the house down. So you know who else trained the house down? Tell me. Callum Chambers. Yeah, well, set every preseason yeah. record this club has. Still no, up no. There. I think he still holds the he record. He still holds the record. This look, bloke look, should they, have gone to the fucking Olympics. Yeah, they've said they've said he is the guy that's come back, and he did look the, good in the, that. The that torch has Wizard been lit Cup, underneath him. That Wizard Cup run, Callum Chambers looked unbelievable. Well, wasn't he? he could kick a super goal. He kicked a couple of game. He was unbelievable. <sighs> Callum Excellent Chambers stuff. very never oh. to be seen again. Well, he's very very number twenty two. Yes, believe. he was very important to the podcast. Very important piece. Did he get the ball out to Prender? No, no. He he was one of the better players on the night. And Prender obviously kicked the, the big goal. The big roost. Uh, are we still rocking with – I'm pretty sure we've changed it. Was the password not Callum Chambers? <laughs> Callum Chambers days? 22, I thought. Well, I hope it's still not. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. Once you set the password, it's just automatically logging in. So maybe we'll have to change that now. Thank you for that. <laughs> I don't think it is because I've tried to log in. Um, very good. Well done, Tim. I think from my point of view – like there was a little bit of chatter last year about us being so close and in the end, like realistically speaking, in the end, like we weren't that close. I remember Juddy talking about that 11 year and he sort of goes, well, we lose a semi-final by a kick. He goes, like, well, you're, not, you're not really that close. There's still a lot to do. But the point is, for me at least, we are closer than we have been for a very, very long time. There is still an enormous amount of work to be done. But for a few additions, which we hope will come on in years to come, um, that work is being left largely to the guys that we've had on the list to this point. And we've won two finals by a kick. There've been there've been moments in those games where we've had ascendancy and we've looked great. We've had an amazing five goal burst against Brisbane that gave ourselves a shot. We've beaten the eventual premier by what really felt like about six or seven goals, but for the last three junk time goals by Jeremy Howe. Our best is is in the conversation, mm-hmm. but we want to get to the stage where some of those procedural finals, 
we're winning by four and six goals. Well, yep. even when we're on the tail end of that last good era of ours and we fronted up and, you know, in 2000 we took care of business comfortably against yep. Brisbane. Yep. You know, the, the following year we beat Adelaide Daniel at Daniel Bradshaw missed the game because he, his he wife did, was given but birth. The, but and... the following year we beat Adelaide by nine goals. Yep. You know, in 99 we beat the Eagles infamously. The game was at the MCG yep. as per the rules at the time, yep. but we beat them by nine goals. My first date with the Leafs that day. There you go. We took it to the footy. No, 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 I went to the footy, got horrendously burnt, and then <laughs> took her out. <laughs> well, I see as a damn fool. <laughs> Unbelievable. But I can't say no. <laughs> um, well, I mean, obviously she thought enough of you, sunburn and all, to yes. think I'll give this... I'll give this tomato man if another he, if opportunity. He, if he looks all right in this state, you can only get better. <laughs> you went to like just must went have been to, in a dark room. I, just went to, I was going to say you just went to a really dark restaurant. Yep, oh, it took, him, took it to a mate's twenty first. Our first uh, date was Cafe Greco. No, well, and uh, at Crown, no longer there. And Kelly set a napkin on fire. How? <laughs> it was like a candle on the table or whatever. That's great, though. That's something you remember. You're like, what a weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> How does that <laughs> even happen? my weirdo. Uh, so, look, for me, and I said this on Twitter, and I'll double back around to it in closing, this particular segment off the 15 seconds from Weeder and kicking the ball to Hollands to Akers kicking the goal, whether you were on the list last year or you've joined the list this year, that needs to become an addiction. Mm. That feeling for the football club at large needs to become an obsession. The preparedness to go. We need to chase to the dragon. The we almost, but like we almost need key. to become drug addicts. Yeah. We need to chase that high yeah. in a legal, in a approved oh, way. Oh, well, yeah, maybe. Let's, <laughs> let's. I don't care if we go all Lance Armstrong. Enjoy the highs. Let's deal with the consequences later. But that needs to become. <laughs> it's the an, <Essendon> theory. <laughs> that needs to become an addiction, an obsession. It needs to become. That's what we want again. Yeah, and I want it again. And I want it again. And that's and what's going to drag. Numbers through the gates early part of the season. Absolutely. We as fan bases, as a fan base, want that feeling again. Absolutely. I'll tell you what, if we knock off Brisbane in round one up there, oh. that resets our season and gets us moving. Um, Cam Luke, who I don't rate, but Cam Luke on SEN said they were doing like their sure things or whatever. Because regardless of this round zero, there'll be 90 plus the MCG for Carlton Richmond. We'll fucking slaughter them. But we, we will be out. Well, they don't play round one. So we'll have a game under our belt. We might be bashed up. <laughs> well, we might be bashed up, but I, I just you know early in the season how there are teams that run out of legs and you need mm. a couple under your belt. I think having one extra is going to keep us pretty steely late. I, I just think we're better than Richmond, and I don't even think it'll be a contest. Okay. But it's first first game by Adam Uze. Sometimes you know they, and they won't they be do quite well, quite up and running. New coach Tom Lynch isn't doing a lot at the moment, so he's mm. going to be underdone. So there's no more Jack Revolt, who used to love kicking goals against us. Jack Revolt, I'm not not a slide on Jack Revolt, but did anyone like when we were no, we weren't very good for oh. a little period. No, but did anyone have a more charmed individual matchup? against another team in the history of the game every single fucking time we played Richmond. And got every free kick no, under the sun as well. Every single time we played Richmond, the guy in our lineup who blanketed Rewalt with very minimal fuss, Michael Jamison, as I live and breathe, I reckon in the back part of Jamo's career, he missed every game against Richmond. <laughs> and it was just like, if this guy plays... Jamo missed a lot of games. But if this guy plays, if he's fit, yeah. then he keeps Rewalt quiet. I saw Michael Jamison kick at 80... Five metre top in a warm up at Marvel one day. Yeah, see, Mick Mulhouse came to the club and goes, I'm going to teach you all how he to kick talk. Yeah, he and Zach Tui were just 
launch and they were consistently yeah. center, like center circle. I really liked when we played Tom Fields for one or two weeks because he was a beautiful kick of the football and just never let him kick out. Yeah. Um, Shout out to uh, old mate, nah, uh, number 10. Matty Watson. Matthew Watson. The biggest head in the Biggest planet. head in AFL history. So I married an axe murderer. He is basically <laughs> got, an orange, a, got a head like an orange on a toothpick. <laughs> he is a l- slightly larger version than Brad Ebert, right? He's just big head, little body, and all he could do was roost this football. He took, I reckon, five kick-ins in his career, and they all went short. Yeah. Simo or someone was calling for it. Like, fuck off. This guy, this, is, this guy has, has a one, roost on him. This guy's got one got, talent. No, this guy's got one weapon, and it's a, he's a beautiful long <laughs> Just kick. Just let him Utilize kick it. it long. Extraordinary stuff. Absolutely un- unbelievable. We're going to move on now. We're going to move on. Oh, it's a 90s banger. It's another 90s banger. It's the way you love me. It's a feeling like oh. this. It's so what a great song. It's perpetual bliss. It's that pivotal moment. Uh, impossible. This kiss, this kiss. Unstoppable. Uh, this kiss, this kiss. I just want to say, said the How good love was that? Like late '90s country pop resurgence. There was a lot of it in. Um, it gave us like Shania Twain and Leanne oh, Rice. Shania, Shania should have been on your list. Actually. All that. Shania. Oh, Faith Hill. Stunning woman. Married to uh, old Baldy, um, cowboy hat. McGraw. McGraw. Yeah, quick quick draw. On uh, who's in um, Friday Night Lights. He's in the original Friday and, Night Lights. And he's one of the one of the brothers in um, Four Christmases, Vince Vaughn's brother. Yeah, and they're doing the too. fucking MMA. <laughs> Orlando, what's his name? Exactly. <laughs> That's not a bad movie. When I watched it the other the, night. They're Classic. trying to put the satellite. Yeah. Because it's, uh, it's, yeah. it's a you satellite. Be a satellite It's a satellite dish. Satellite dish. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great movie, great movie. And the best thing is when they play that. Uh, you know, the, you gotta, um, you gotta guess the word, but you can't say certain things. Yeah. And uh, old mate, um, and I always forget his name. The guy that's in all the. Um, John Favreau. Spider- yeah, John Favreau. Him and his missus. And everything they're saying is completely wrong, but she gets it right every <laughs> single time. And they're just so wired together. And they get seven in like 30 seconds. It's fantastic. I, I, yeah, like that. As I said, that I picked that because that's such a capital of China, Hong Kong. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Ah, <laughs> oh, very good. But yeah, Faith Hill got a bit of a shout out there. So just oh. a, a, an announcement, if you will, we will be we will be retiring the '90s bangers in lieu of '80s bangers. Oh yes, next it's, year it's the oh, real stuff. I love it. Can we do our uh, special interview of Bob Larry then? Who the We're fuck's talking 80s? that? Bob Lowry is one of my best friend's dads. Uh, the girl that I went to, I did my debut <laughs> ball with, uh, just, Justine. Um, oh, yes, Bob, you did, you did Bob talk was about the, this. Run, the Carlton runner in uh, 79, 81, 82. What do you reckon, Fal? Yeah, we could get him on for a, a, a – You could. we could play snippets of your interview with him. <laughs> no, I, reckon I need you. old mate because I need yeah. to hear. Yeah, we'll, we'll do it. We'll think about it. Bob's a, I don't want to make any. I don't want to oh, make any promises. Good fella. We're going to move on now to the depth chart. So following on from that, um, just going back on this on our late nineties country. Leanne Rhymes come out. I can't remember who did it first, but Trisha Yearwood come out with a. You obviously not listened to my podcast. I spoke about this on the Con Air, the podcast. Oh, okay. Well, listen to Sean's podcast. But weirdly, there was two songs that both went number so one. So they decided. They decided that having. 
contracted Leanne Rhymes to do it. She was only 16 or 17. They didn't – it wasn't they hated her version of the song, um, but they just thought we'll go for someone a bit more mature, the different sounding voice, yep. a, bit, a little bit older voice. And so they were, she, Leanne Rhymes, was able to retain her version of the song yep. okay. and they just released them both on the same day. There we go. And they both went very well. They both went very, very well. And then, because uh, it was Jerry Bruckheimer, obviously, Con Air. 1998. They obviously, uh, it was 97, the film was released. They got um, they got Leanne Rhymes back and she did a bunch of songs for Coyote Ugly. Can't Fight the Moonlight. So there was obviously no hard feelings. With yeah, uh, Petey Piper, Pablo, whatever her name was. Piper Piper Parabo. Yeah. yeah. Based on, and again. I was going to say Bebo Bryson. <laughs> Debo Samuel. I was going to um, say, who's Bebo Bryson? That's a lyric from... Uh, Right. Nicki Minaj. But uh, it's all on the Too Long Don't Listen episode about uh, Jerry Bruckheimer. Very good episode, Sean. Um, talking Point about all that sort of stuff. Very good. If you want to read the um, the Muse of the Coyote Ugly Bar, which is the article that the film was based on, it's brilliant. It was in like GQ or something. And the they optioned. The Adam guy from Newcastle was in like. Tap Dogs. Tap Dogs. Mm. He's yeah. in the Coyote Ugly. Well, he, is. he is. And then. He's a love interest. Not really anything else. No. Fellow. He. he would have gone to stage after that. And then probably he probably went all right. Home and away. And oh, I agree. So we're going to move on now to the depth chart. The depth chart is, as an explanation, we build a consensus depth chart for our backs, mids and forwards with the top six in each line becoming our best 18. The remaining uh, bench and sub spots are comprised by the remaining five. The difference this year is we're going to have a rucks list. Rucks only. You've got like you know you've t- Fabian's got like his quarterback his play calling <laughs> on his wrist on his wrist. <laughs> it's just it's a very small. That's like a C five notebook. I uh, don't know. It'd be A five because that's an A four sheet folder. Oh, you're quite right. Sorry, A five. A five. And um, he's got his he's got his list there. So we'll start with the backs and we'll fill this out as we go. Um, I'll just bring this up here actually because then I can update the depth chart as we go. So. Backs, I assume our number one rated back is Jacob, Jacob Weedering. Yes. Jacob Miguel Weedering. Like it. My number two back is where I've lost him, Adam Sard. So have I. I have gone with Nick Newman given his thing. Oh, but Adam Sard is in my list, so that's fine. Put him there. Like it. I've got Nick Newman at three. I'm happy so with that. I, I had him at two. Did you have him at three as well? Yep. How good is that? Simpatico. Mitch McGavin at four. I've got... Doc. I had Doc, but I actually think Doc might be playing half forward flank. I, I have a note here for Doc. I had him at five in the backs, but I had the note, does he actually push into the midfield? Midfield, wing, half forward, I think, you know, I, I think he'll be playing a whole lot less in defence. Did we want to go then? With Zach Williams coming back. Oh, Zach Williams is not in the top six yet. But did we want to go McGovern then at four? If yeah. We're, yeah, McGovern's, I've got McGovern if at five. If we're basically convincing ourselves that Doherty's going to be in the mids. Yep. McGovern, and then Doc. Well, theoretically, a player could exist in two, oh, in look, two lists. Yeah. Um, so who have you got after McGavin? Doherty. Beautiful. Okay. I have Brocious Kemp. Yeah, I think at twenty-two, and where he's going to end up, and what he's going to be, I think, I think he has to be. That's I think he has to be ahead of Marchbank. Yes. But if Marchbank's like they said, he's never done a preseason. So if he comes out breathing fire and is ready to go... And He'll go past him. That's fine. And that's, that's good when for us. We adjust good for there. us. That is good for us. I had Jordan Boyd ahead of Brody Kemp, but I had Brody really? Kemp in there. Yeah. I've got Boyd... He, shows, he showed me a lot before the suspension. Yep. 
And oh. then coming in for that final, I thought he was one of our best players on the day. So I had Kemp at six and I had Williams at seven yeah. because he, I can't have it. But he but he'll play. Yeah, I know that. I just want to see it first. But he'll he'll absolutely play. So did you want to go then Marchbank at seven? Boyd eight. Yep, happy with that. I have Chin Cotter in there as well because yep. he plays. That's right. Well, and that's what's fascinating to me because I've I love him, but I feel like if everybody's at the peak of their powers, he gets pushed down. But he's been brought into the side because they know what they've seen, they have a vision of what he can become, and with another preseason, what does he show? Cause See, I've got eight names highlighted. So how do we? Okay, I'll go ask. I'll defer to you guys because I've sort of got my way with the top six. How do we want to order? Williams, Chincotta, Marchbank, and Boyd. I think they're the next four. Well, I think Williams is ahead I of think, a lot of them, but that's just me. But I but, think we have to go Boyd, Chincotta ahead of him. I just they, they've they've got the runs on the board at the moment. I, would, I want Zach Williams to come in here and be the number one, but I, I have to see it, Timbo. No, we no, haven't I, seen I get it. Him. I Did get we it. want to go Chincotta? Williams, is it a prediction Boyd? or a we don't current have, rating? We actually don't even have Marchbank there at the moment, yeah, which is fine. But I think Marchbank's ahead of Boyd. I think he's ahead of Williams too, but. Yeah, no. Nah, look, I'm happy to see. You know what I'm loving? Put Marchbank in next. Then I'm loving this. Is the answer that because okay. I'm loving this? We do this four seasons ago, Timbo. We're like, who's at five? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to put me at three. Okay, we've got, we'll go Marchbank at seven. I reckon. I reckon Williams is after him because because okay. we'll, if Williams is fit, he plays yep. every we week. Talk ceilings. Yeah, Williams is anything. Is it then? Okay, well then, is it who's? Is it Boyd? Boyd Chincotta or Chincotta Boyd? Chincotta Boyd. Chincotta played more footy. Yeah. Boyd. And then and yeah, then we then, and then Cowan. And then we get to sort of yeah, I've well, got Cowan's your wild card. I do have Cowan next in that yeah. group. Cowan. Then Lewis. Well see, and Lewis, this time last year, we were talking about being number three. Yeah. Mm. He had a fall from grace. Then Sam, then Dom, then Billy. You got Billy as a defender. Billy Wilson listed as a defender. I had him as a mid. Yeah, I had him That's as a mid. That's fine. Um, so we got Young and then Durden. Durden. Then Dom. Did you want to put in uh, – who are we missing? No one? I don't think then so. Then Matthew Carroll's also listed yeah, as a defender. Well, yeah. yeah, but yeah, Dom. Dom's the last on the – I think – how the fuck do you spell a Q-E? A-K-U-E-I. U-E-I. Oh, yeah, I got there in the end. Fifteen fucking defenders. Matt Carroll. <laughs> Carroll's a bit of a stiff one because we don't know anything about. We don't know. Him. Any, you, you, we can't rate him. We have to see him. Okay, mids. Number one is. I'm going to probably be different. Sam Walsh to me has become the best player at the club. Oh, I've got Sam Walsh at one. I think Sam Walsh is the best player in the competition. Yeah, Walsh for me is. One. I thought that might be controversial. <laughs> I think we're all. See, can, can I just? This is my prediction. I put a bet on the other day, and I'm a bit of a nutcase. <laughs> And I like my racing. There was a horse this spring, and anyone that does follow and likes the racing, there was a horse called Antino, which is about a 1,400, 1,600-metre horse. Yep. And its spring, it rattled home in every single race that, that it ran in, and these were some massive, massive Group 1 races, and every single time fell agonisingly short. Didn't win anything. Anyway, they're targeting the Doncaster in Easter. The Doncaster yep. in? The Doncaster Handicap. Oh, sorry. Hotel Shopping Town. <laughs> and... Um, uh, 
because it's a handicap, you get you get handicapped on the base. Yeah. The basis of races you've won. What's the yeah, horse? And he hasn't won. Shit, won so, so he's yeah. going to carry fuck all weight. What's the horse's name? Antino. Antino's uh, for a dinner and a show at the <laughs> Shopping Town Hotel. So the bet is Antino to win the Doncaster into Walshy to win the Brown. Well, I've got Walsh. to win like twenty one thousand dollars. I've got Walshy into Carlton into San Fran, paying huge. How, that must have been hard for you to do. No, because be I mean, if, if the Fran, Eagles win the Super Bowl... Well, that's Bowl, true. You're happy anyway. You're happy I'll, to lose your bet. Yeah, and we're not winning the Super Bowl at the moment. We're in a rut of all ruts. I'll give you 30 seconds. There's something I haven't heard peep out of Fab for a very long time about, Tim. Used to talk about it a fair bit. Don't go to the bat with the Bulls. The Bulls are fucked. Should have kept Tommy Mackinnon, like I said. <laughs> Tommy, Tommy Mackinnon. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how is the Tommy Mackinnon Lancers used to sell like the clappers? How's um, Laurie Markinen going? Larry Markinen is is I think he's moved on to I can't remember he's moved on to, but he's, he's doing all right. Should have kept Jimmy buckets. Yeah, the whole thing. We well we blew it up, yes. and the whole thing was use gave, the use the collateral DeMar, from gave Demar the big check. There's nothing wrong with Demar. We we need a point guard, and it's all gone and downhill from there. It's falling. Oh, apart. mate, Lonzo Ball, who can barely walk. Um, that's the problem. So, okay, in I have got, I have got, I've just gone ahead and I've tempted fate here. Walsh is at one. We yes. all agree on that unanimously. That means Cripps is at two. Yes. That means Chera is at three. Yes. Does that mean Blake Akers is at four? Yes. Yes. Does that mean George Hewitt is at five? Yes. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, Hewitt, Hewitt's ahead of Kennedy. Yeah. Then so, Kennedy. So I had Hewitt at five. I I actually had after at six. Controversial potentially. I had Elijah Ollie Hollands. I've got him. At, I've got him at seven, so I'm happy to do that. Swap okay. him and Kennedy around. I, just in terms of, and the rationale behind that was because Cripps, Hewitt, and all the words coming out all of the club the at the moment is that uh, Hollands is flying. Wow, this kid's got drive. Oh, and and the proof that he belonged, what he was able to do on the big stage. Um, franking the effort that he's put in and the way that he prepares, probably happy that he's got his brother there and a bit Kernahan like. Do we have um, Kernahan like? I was just thinking. We spoke about Hollands at times during the show during the, this year, and we just I just want to be abundantly clear. The misgivings, if that's what you want to call them, that I personally had, I can't speak for you two, was just more about size and readiness. Now, yep. I think he looks like a player. How good of a player time will tell. Yep. Um, he is a prospect player. He, he's, he's arguably the first top pick that the Carlton Football Club has taken in oh, – geez, you could go back to – you could almost go back to it's Campo. Walsh. You know, you could almost go back to Campo in that – and this is an indictment. It's 20 – he was 94 draft, who we don't need you to be great now. You can relax, yep. you can develop, whereas we've been patient with Harry or Charlie or lots of others, but it was like... You be what you need to be. We, we sort of need you to be playing as soon as you can mm. so you can help us because you're better than anything else we've got. And whilst Holland's played a lot of football because he was preferred to Lockie or Jackson Binns, another first hearer, it was sort of like, we actually don't need you to be playing 20 games this year mm. if you're not ready. Yep. Although... We obviously looked at our team in general and saying, what are we lacking? And they'd long said that they'd obviously said we lack two-way running. Yes. And defensively, we need more um, 
uh, influence and contribution from our wings and in an off-season to add an Ollie Hollands and a Blake Akers. And both of them at their moments, their, their outputs ebbed and flowed. But when the, when the game counted the most, the contributions from those two guys at very different stages of their have career we, um, were, were incredible. Have we heard... Have we heard actually anything? Has Lockie gone landed anywhere? He hasn't been. Yeah, he's playing at some bush league somewhere. Really? Yeah, it's I interesting. I saw a photo with him. Yeah, I on saw social. something too. Yeah. Okay, I mean, yeah. go We're good in for a him. Greenish jumper. Do, do what you got to do. I sort of thought go to a Willie or Port Melbourne or somewhere where you'll go straight it, in, standalone. It, it was suburban, but like you make good money. But like go in somewhere you you'll slot in at a standalone VFL or a Sandful club or whatever. Yeah. I remember the thing it, but it's is not a lot of me. these local clubs. How it happens is, is baffling to me. There's so much money yeah, there and jobs. Well, I, I kept on. I was looking for where Sam Philp was going to bob up. Weird. And, and, and we long said we really thought that he'd be the sort of guy that would be given the extra chance through the rookie draft. And my biggest fear was we might want him, and somebody else will pinch him. Well. No. no one's touched him. Sam now, now, they do have that pre-season rookie period and maybe he's doing a pre-season somewhere. I just don't know. Mm. Sam Phelps' mother, yep. Alexander's grade one teacher next year. There we go. You get some inside goss for us. Well, ask the question. Tell him we love I'm him and we to hope. Meet, uh, go, you know I, you I don't to. think he's rocking up to work with his mum. It's not just bring your kids to school. Go in, in a number ask th- the mum. Go in in your Ronnie Diulio number 34. I think Ronnie's hit some uh, Vince Colosimo style issues. Tough times, yes. No. Yeah. Had you not heard that? Well, no, I'm not keeping up to date with the latest comings and goings in Ronnie Diulio's Keeping up with life. the Diulio's. It's on Channel 31. Meme so or two. <laughs> the next, um, the next quick break. The next group for me was a little bit like the defender group, and we'll have four or five names. And how do we want to arrange them? So I think in the next group of four or five. So you is, went Holland's Kennedy. Yes, six and seven. Okay. So the next group for us to consider consists of old mate John Fogarty. Matty Cottrell. I've got Fogs in the forward line, but that's fine. Yeah, yeah Fogs okay. has to be forward. See, I've, yeah. I've only got four players I mean, did, left in the midfield. He did go high. I'm happy with that if we want to move Foggy forward. Um, so that means Cottrell, I've got, yep. Cunningham, Bins, Elijah Hollands, and Jack Carroll. And Jack Carroll. I've Jack got, Carroll is I've the last I've got Dave Cunningham in the forward line, and I've basically ordered it as you've read it. Cottrell, Bins, Hollands, Carroll. I reckon Hollands is the head of Bins. Yeah, I think Elijah is just – he's such a wild player. Unlike everybody in the community, you know, like as soon as you recruit someone, oh, yeah, no, I've seen him play. Oh, we've got a gun here. He does this. I've I've obviously watched games where Elijah Hollands has played. Yeah. I couldn't pick him out. If he walked it through the door, wouldn't know who it is. Yeah. So I, know, I, know I don't know anything about it. I've, I've, if I was to say I've seen him play and I like what, what he can do and what he's going to bring to us, I actually don't know anything about him. Where, where have you got Cunningham? In the forward line. I had him as a forward line, but he he, okay. he swings, no doubt. Um, well, what he does in his personal life is his business. <laughs> hey, keys in the bowl. That's why he listens to the Prendercast because Timbo brings I've, the goal. I've told this one on pod before. I cannot even remember who it was. One of Cunningham's teammates said they ran into him at a Coles and they were like, wherever it was. They went, hey, what's going on, buddy? He goes, yeah, good to see you. He goes, what are you doing here? And Cunningham goes, oh, I just live around the corner at whatever street. He goes, What? He goes, we live 50 metres from each other. He goes, I've got no idea. Yeah. It's obviously very private. But just a private guy. He goes, since when? It it had been like a while. And he goes, (laughs) really? He goes, yep. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh, fair enough. Um, Okay, so we've got 
in that case, after Holland's Kennedy, we got I've got Cottrell Hol- E. E. Holland's Elijah. Yep. yep. Jackson, old mate Jar Jar Bins. Yep. And that would mean Jack Carroll, Jack Carroll goes to 11. Yep. yep. And then we can, I he's, mean. He's lucky to be on the list. <sighs> 21. Yeah. Don't care, Timbo. I, I need to see something. Yep. Um, which would mean. I want a glimpse. That's what I haven't got the glimpse yet. Billy Wilson and old mate Rob Monaghan are sort of, we can, <laughs> we can put them wherever. <laughs> he's got one of those. Now. He sounds like a, like a lecturer, Rob Monaghan. He sounds like the lead singer of. Um... Whatever it is. Matchbox 20. I was going to say third eye blind. I always Thomas. get them mixed up. <laughs> Rob yeah. Thomas, not welcome yeah. back in the country. Is that right? Oh, what do you do? He got drunk on stage and basically had to go at the Indigenous people. Ooh. Yeah, not good. Yikes. So, well. um, Rux, is it? Oh, Kido? We're skipping. No, who else have we got? Well, no, I've got four, forward four forwards. Then you, you're not following yeah, well, Rux order. and forwards, whatever. Okay, well, Rux. Then Rux kind of is pretty easy. Rux is, anyway. Rux is Pitto, DeConning, O'Keefe and Murkov, or have you got Murkov, O'Keefe? Well, I've got DeConning ahead of Pitto. No, no, no. Pitto is the first uh, – as much as I've criticised him, wow, he eh? is the first picked on the team sheet, he according is. to Voss. So, well, the question then becomes, have you got O'Keefe or Murkov? I've got Murkov. I hadn't heard of O'Keefe until Timbo told me about him. <laughs> well, Murkov has just had a, a valve replaced in his heart. <laughs> it is 94 Toronto. Right, so how about we move Murkov down, O'Keefe down. We put Matthew Cruiser in at number three. It's still one of the best ruckmen at the club. Well, I've got – we'll go – Rucks, I mean, we don't need to fret about this. Pitnet to Conning, Murkov, O'Keefe. No, it's fine. Okay. No. Forwards. Simple. Number one. Charlie. Charles Kerno. Uh, I was going to say I don't need to put C. Kerno there anymore, do I? No. Um, Harry? Harry? Harry is next. Needs to. This, I'm going to stuff this stat up. Needs to sort himself missed, out. Missed a game in the finals, yet still had the most contested marks in the final series. Straight of any up. team. Of any team. This is where I think it Good gets stat. a bit interesting. I've got Jack Martin, I am Queens Boulevard. Jack Martin. At number three. So have I. Excellent. I have got, with a bit of a bullet, Jesse Motlob. I've, I've got, got him at five. Sam Doherty. So I've got. I'm happy with. Oh, the, we didn't have Doherty in the mids, did we? No, no, he's in the backs. Oh, sorry, you did too. Yeah. Well, you, sorry, sorry, we did. I lost track of my own show. Imagine um, when did we do all that? It was, uh, <laughs> oh shit, Sam Doherty's missing. We famously, you did the quiz one year and you forgot one of the answers was like Crips. It was ridiculously obvious. I think I did that, and it was like yeah. fuck. Yeah. Um, that always happens. No, so you've got Mollop coming up to four? I got him up to four. That's fine. I got him at five. I've got Elijah Hollands ahead of, as a forward, uh, a high half forward. I had him ahead of Mollop. Let me see more. Yeah. But I'm... Yeah. You know who I've got it for? I'm enamoured. Silvani? No, oh, see, I had him... I've, see, I had, I had Jack... I had Motlop always then Silvani because... Owies is just unfashionable, but he fucking just he kicks you know, goals. He, he's he's <laughs> the he difference between his best and his worst is still he too far goals. apart. He can go quiet. I'm yep. happy to go Motlop sauce. Yep. Then I've got uh and then the credits. What's his name? Um lead singer. Harry Lemming. John Fogarty. Oh John Fogarty. He's, he's the lead singer of um what Motorhead or something like that, didn't Yeah, Harry Lemmy, yeah. yeah. Ace of Spades. <laughs> Um, Silvani, who do we have? <laughs> I've lost track. Who do we have after Silvani? Owies. Do we want to go Owies after Silvani or Fantasia? Yeah. Well, well, I think I've on got... what we've seen of late, like fa- Fantasia at his best is well ahead of Owies. I but... know, but I just can't have it in there yet. No, 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 I get it. I, I know The why. fact that he's running yeah. is a good sign. It's a good sign. <laughs> 
and and as you said, Lockie Fogarty's best football last oh, where season. Where we put? Where are we putting Motlop? No, Motlop's at f- Motlop's five. at four. Motlop's after Silvani. Yep. and then it's always. So yep. I'd, I'd have Motlop before Silvani. Nah, I think you're disrespecting. But that's just my bid. You know, it's weird about that. This man disrespects Silvani on a weekly basis by underselling his please. great performances. Yeah, please. And then he'll get like a sniff of the football in the warm-up. His ranking has him higher, but his uh, review of the game always has him lower. My, my, <laughs> note, um, yeah, well, my, my note with Fantasia is um, that great scene in Moneyball when Billy Bean's talking to David Justice. Yep. yep. We don't need you to be... Is oh, we, the player you was at the Atlanta Braves and all that? And we don't Yankees. No, he was at the Braves when he was good, when he was real good, and then he, that was when he was hooking up with Halle Berry. Old man justice. But that idea of I want to eat the last bit of baseball you got out of you because you want to play at the top level. And I had the note here: Are you here to help the younger players? Are you here to challenge them? Bit of both. Yep. Yep. All he wanted was not to have to pay for soda. For soda. Where am I seeing soda money on the field? Arazio Fantasia. He walks in and there's just passata all there, ready <laughs> to there. go. Um, and look, that's the thing. Like the fact that um, I, I still hark back to the day, the night of the draft, when um, Alistair Clarkson pulled rank on everybody and said, "We're drafting Stewie Jew." And you could like when if you rewatch it, and they debated and they debated, and, and I think they asked for extra time. And in the end, Clarko's gone. I want to. He's obviously said, "I want a bloke that can make a difference when it matters." Mm. And he's drafted a. Have you seen a photo of him lately, yeah. Alistair? <laughs> and uh, and he's gone. Uh, he, he's my guy. And and in the space of eight minutes, he won a premiership it's off his old own five striper. Well, he, he kicked the Ronnie McEwen special. <laughs> the Ronnie McEwen special. I don't know who he Can was. Can we rip out the Ronnie jumper and just <laughs> die it? I'm not sure who they were playing, but it, for Port Adelaide at Adelaide uh, at Football Park, he kicked one of the best volleys I've ever seen. Yeah, I think I Mark Arsiri kicked a, a similar one. Beautiful Dad talked kick about of the football. But he just out of midair, it went about what do you reckon, Tim? A meter and a half off the ground, like for a about, traceable for about forty meters. Yeah. <laughs> do you he know? Hit the football as sweetly as any, and it just. Flat. Do you remember Andy Lovett's volley against us? Like oh. that night where everything went his way. Yeah. And it was like, then he kicked that volley. I think it was oh, and fl- I'm thinking Andy Lovell when he was playing nah, at. Uh, Andy Lovett. Andrew Lovett. Yeah, no, no, I remember that. That was, was the one where he was he running down the wind. He line. ran out of bounds. I want to fucking push him into the fence. Just yeah. stop him. I liked uh, Carazzo's soccer against Collingwood. At a midair, 2012, round three, and he went, he was tagging Pendles. Pendles. The greatest yeah. thing he ever Killed did. Him. Um, oh, Brett Stanton is the whoever. He, he, yeah, he went right into his face. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> yeah, that was a great night. Yeah. <laughs> we know we put we put heaps of goals on him in the last quarter. It was nip and tuck sort of all night. Yeah, and we we brained him, and we we put plenty on him in the last, and he yeah grabbed it out and off a couple put it through, and, and there'd obviously been plenty of by play. See, and- that was my camp. One of my favourite Campo moments when to McVeigh. Campo sort of ran through the 50 and kicked a goal. And on the one way back to the middle, he was pointing and yelling at someone. Your man. And he was, he was, no, it was his, it was his man. No, that's what I mean. I mean, that was but the he was, goal. Because that's man. your goal. Yeah. And it was like, fucking yes. A bit of aggression, a bit of spunk. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you know who, I was thinking about this, like, you know, certain players have certain teams as their, their bunnies, as, as uh, Warney would have said. Eddie Betts on Mark McVeigh. Oh. 
He killed him more than once. There was one other Harry Henry Slattery. Henry Slattery, Hank, not Harry. Hank yeah. Slattery. Wow. Someone. Well, I've said it on the pod before. I'll say it again. An Essendon fan. And you, you read the tweet. It was one of those rare tweets which could not be misinterpreted. You, you totally got the cadence. Uh, Essendon had a poor result. And um, it might have even been in that window where we'd smacked them and they were playing Collingwood or Collingwood had smacked them and they were playing us and they ended up having a couple of heavy losses. Or they might have been, it might have been the week after that. And it was late in the year. And this Essendon guy they were talking about, this, that, and the other. Um, unfortunately for Essendon, such and such has come down with an injury or been suspended and is going to miss the game. They'll have to make a change or whatever. And this Essendon fan, like, you could, it was deadpanned. It was a tweet, but you could read it in exactly the right tone of voice. And he goes, well, I think there's only one man. I think we need to call on Henry Slattery's skill and poise. Was that Siri? Siri was talking to someone. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Siri. Um that's, that's the one thing you shouldn't say. But he said, he goes, uh, he goes, we need to call on Henry Slattery's skill and poise. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just the most brilliant, like I said, deadpanned. You went, you're taking the piss. I like and it. And I love it. <laughs> um, so for the, for the forwards, did we want to go? So give me the last couple of names you so got. So we've got Motlop and then I, we've got Oes. Fog. Fog has to be these, but you, you've been playing in finals. Fog changed the season. Did Fog play against Brisbane? Yep. He did. Okay. I was thinking about that the other day. Okay. Did we want to go then? Oes, Fogarty, Fantasia? Yep. Well, where's Durden versus Fantasia? He's after Durden, seen it. Durden, he's fallen like tumbleweed. Yeah. He's after um, He's after Fantasia for me. But did, yeah. he have a sh- and did he have a shoulder reconstruction at the end of the season? Not sure. But Cunners is still not listed. Oh, you're fucking right. Because you idiots have him in them in in forwards. I think he's above Fantasia for me. On what we've seen. So it goes Fogarty, Cunners, Fantasia, Durden, Moya, Lemmy. Yep. Yep. And then I had an old mate, Rob Monahan, but <laughs> You've got right. him on every line. <laughs> <laughs> don't, know, don't know who he is. I don't know who this bike he is. He reads the news in the Northern Territory for all I know. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So just to recap, and this is something we might revisit in a buy or, or whatever – and I'll put. You know, we're going to buy like round three. Yeah, yeah, we're horrible. But we'll do our mid-season buy. We might revisit it. But just as a um, flag in the ground, backs: Weeders, Sard, Newman, McGavin, Doherty, Kemp, Marchbank, Williams, Chincotta, Boyd, Cowan, Young, Sam Durden, Dom Akui or Akui, 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 um, Maddie Carroll. Don't know who you are. Mids: Walsh, Cripps, Chera. Akers, Hewitt, Ollie Hollands, Maddie Kennedy, Maddie Cottrell, Elijah Hollands, Jaja Bins, Jack Carroll. I'm going to make that a thing. Stop trying to make fish <laughs> a thing, Sean. Stop trying to make Jaja a thing. That could almost be a shirt with um, Regina George. Stop trying to make Jaja a thing. Um, old mate Billy Wilson and old mate Rob Billy Monahan. Billy's a kid, isn't he? If old he, mate. If he's, 60, if he's weighing 66 kilos. He's not fu- – we're going down to the club. We're going to weigh, weigh this kid. <laughs> old mate uh, Rob Monahan up next with sport. Like a wild new beef. <laughs> Rob Monahan sounds like an endurance runner. It's Ru- a cross between Rob DeCostella and Steve, Steve Monaghetti. <laughs> Rux. Rob Monaghetti. <laughs> Kiddo, DeConing, Murkov, O'Keefe. Forwards, Kerno, McKay, Martin, Jack Silvani, Jesse Motlop, Matty Owies. John Fogarty, Cunningham, Fantasia, Corey Durden. I'll put a C there. Yep. Oh, yeah, because Sam. Yep. Ashton Moyer 
and then Harry Lemmy. How long before Nathan Buckley gives us the combination of moi and Pitney? Re- oh, despite moi. being told if numerous we, times, if we could ring him now, he'd, <laughs> he'd say it immediately. We wouldn't even have to wait. Excellent stuff. That wraps up the depth chart. We'll publish that. So um, give us your feedback. And, and if you would like, obviously give us your depth chart, yep. which would be very, very good. We're going to move on now to another new segment. It's the Pondercast. That's Homer Simpson's thinking music. Right. Lisa playing a jug. <laughs> so that's our, our new segment, the Pondercast. Um, we'll ask each other some questions now. First up, Fab, I believe you have a question for me. Do I? Did I send you my question? No, you haven't. Hold on. Let me send it to you right now. <laughs> While you're at it, send me the one I'm asking you as well. Oh, <laughs> uh, this segment's gotten off to a beautiful start. I like it. It's flawless. So I like it, Gib. You just didn't share the... Uh, I didn't share. I, I meant to. Yeah, you didn't share the uh, the run. Okay. <laughs> Seamless. Hold on. Just let me scroll, scroll through the uh, till I get to it. Here we go. All right, so what's it called? The Ponder... The Pondercast. The Pondercast. Paul's Ponderings. That's a shout-out to Fisher, the DJ. Um, Sean. Yes, Fab. To you. Have we done enough to improve in the off-season? Excellent question, Fab. Thank you for that. (laughs) (laughs) So this is where I'm a touch worried, and I kind of kept the powder dry during Tim's excellent draft and trade recap, which was very, very thorough and I thought very good. Say what you want about Fish and Dow and Lob at all, they were depth. And, yep. and what we saw throughout 2023 was, and particularly in the case of Fish and Dow, is that they came in and they did some nice things when we needed they them were important, to, yeah. to step up and play a role for us. They were able to do it. Yep. I feel like we have just lost, in letting both of them go, a bit of a security net that if we do have injuries, we had a couple of breaking case of emergencies who did come in and do a job for us. And we've replaced them with sort of unknown quantities or kids, which I think has maybe just left us a little bit light on. We're asking Carol to step up. Exactly right. So I just feel like there's now a bit of a gap in our list profile which could be exposed. And as an example, you you spoke about earlier, Tim, I got the note. So Sydney get knocked down in the elimination final. They bring in James Jordan, Brodie Grundy, Hamling, Taylor Adams. Essendon, they miss the uh, the eight. They bring in Dersma, Gresham, Goldstein and Mackay. So how yep. good does that make them? I think it makes them better. It how much better? Makes, yeah. But they've improved. Last year, Collingwood lose a prelim by a point. They bring in Mitchell, Frampton, Hill and McStay. So we obviously have some cap issues, which have tied our hands a little bit. We can't bring in too much. We're clearly banking on what we have being good enough, but it needs to be. And and the we've long said we've accumulated the list that will take us to where we need to get to and within that there is always a level of organic growth. So year on year we're just better because the talent is a little bit older, they're not tipping over the edge so you should see um, you know, an accretive view of the Carlton Football Club. What that, how you quantify it, what you see, what the outputs are, the belief on the back of um, really successful games and performances, what that means when we run out of the ground, well, that's why we play the game. Exactly right. And, and just in closing for this particular question, um, the only fear or misgiving I have is that we've seen that this core group, well, the best is great. Yep. We've also seen it can be not so good. It can be questionable, yeah. So what does that equal? So, Tim, I'm going to ask you a question next. Yes. And then you're going to ask Fab 
the question after that, which I have sent to you. So I'll ask you a question, then you ask Fab a question, and the next time we do this segment, we'll, we'll, we'll be better prepared. We'll be better prepared. So with that all in mind, Tim, I have a question for you. Yes. Are our ruck stocks sufficient to contend? It's fascinating because we've long said it's clearly our biggest weakness. We long said Pitnet came in as a backup, um, as a backup ruckman to start off with, not a number one. And for a long time, we've asked him to be number one. I'm genuinely not flawed or perplexed. I I still. Maybe it's just the way that I view De Koning. I kind of think that we always recruited him to be our number one, and with another big preseason, I think he takes a step forward. Um, His I, finals were great. Well, and this is the thing, and I, I think he ends up becoming our number one ruckman. But he's twenty four, Pitto's twenty seven. Pitto's a big body. He never had the knee repaired last season. He took him a long time to get up and going this year. But his final series and his physicality and his effort if and his, his contest. Knee, if his knee. Is still no good. We need to bring the screen out. Yeah, it's no. I'm not saying like, that, I'm not saying that it will be a he, problem, but but I, I just think, like what you sort of said, Sean. We we can judge this core on their ordinary, average slash poor form, and you can assess them on the on the basis of their best football. And I, I think I think because both guys have had their issues with injury. I think with a big preseason, you're going to see the best version of them. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that you've got Lewis Young waiting in the wings that can help as well as a nice piece of depth to have, I think will be okay. It's a I, watch, I, though. I, it, no doubt. No doubt. Like, it doesn't go in as one of our strengths, clearly, mm-hmm. un, until they prove otherwise. Did the finals reassure you a bit? Now, yeah. I, I've, been, I've, been a, I've been a critic. Um, I don't know if I've voiced it overly on the, on the pod of Mark Pitnett, but... Um, <laughs> Um, I'm not sure if that's on the record. Um, however, he wore Max Gorn yeah. down. Max Gorn's final against Collingwood Poor. was one of the best games I've seen yeah, correct, from a Ruckman. Correct. Oh, but I think Coxie, if you watch it closely, right. I think Coxie broke And people even. were like, oh, Shut up. Ruckman are overrated. Ruckman. No, he, other than rucking, he gets back. He gets in gaps. He takes marks. He breakdowns. He, that was almost Dangerous. a flawless performance was. from a Ruckman. He was cooked in the last in the closing stages against us. He's not, he, he beat I think him that's up. because Pitt, he, he, he was so worn down, Tim, that he spoiled a goal for us. <laughs> well, he did too. I yeah. think Pitto too, for all of his shortcomings, he's a big guy. He'll grapple. He'll wrestle. He's a huge bitch, and that's his job. <laughs> <laughs> he's so, but that ties you down. Excellent stuff, but Tim. But look, Fab Fab uh, touched on the next point I was going to make was how good are they? But the second question is, how good do they need to be? Mm. Because if the contenders are Collingwood, no Ruckman, Brisbane, Oscar McInerney, a little bit like Pitto, he brings effort, he's got great size. He I can still reckon forward. they should be playing Darcy Fort as well. I, I don't I don't disagree at all. I mean, they're probably thinking Hipwood might be the... I mean, they're using Danaher. He played I, well I against think, us, Eric Hipwood, but fuck, mate. Uh, was he? Did he play the grand final? Uh, apparently, he turned up. Uh, That's where I think the Kemp... Dropping of Kemp allowed him to get off. I, I thought we got punished a bit. But you couldn't have both. And the fear no, the Bailey. fear of what Cameron and all that sort of stuff were going to They've do. They've got a good and, and, They've uh, got some weapons. The other kid, Bailey. Bailey. Um, Sydney, Sydney obviously picking up Grundy um, rounds them out and gives them 
the potential of a very strong point of difference but he also that could does, be dangerous. But he also does just replace Hickey. Well, that's exactly right. So it's and, not like it's Hickey plus. Yeah, and, and there was a moment in the third quarter where Hickey had lifted and we were in who's, trouble. Who's this number two? McLean. He's, McLean played very Clunk, well. Clunked again. a few, yeah. He, he impressed me, actually. Um, Melbourne, as we talked about, Gorn and, and the other ones, GWS with Briggs. Briggs had a breakout season. and He's, he's the rapper, isn't he? Yeah, well, his challenge is to 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 make the to take the next step. Excellent. So, um, You've got the ball now, Tim. English. Tim English is the only other one who could be the the breakout star and the dangerous one, but I just don't rate I Western like Bulldogs. Um, Fab, my question to you. Oh, okay. Our injury <laughs> list totally is, for the first time, relatively low. Is availability and consistency more important than setting PBs this off-season? It's a great question, Tim. Um, <laughs> um, look, it's 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 encouraging that the injury list is so small. Obviously, there'll be players carrying niggles and people doing modified programs. Um, but to me, P, once you're a bit of a seasoned athlete, it's not about setting PBs. Like you can't – everyone's striving for that little bit extra, a little bit extra, a little bit – but at what cost? Do you know what I mean? When you're when we're trying to build, and there's not much you can look forward to, selling the message in the preseason of Tim Davis is flying, Sean's you know setting personal best records around the tan. I don't care. I don't want to see our boys performing on the tan. Now it's about getting the best guys to round one. Yeah, that's right. I, a, a full complement is so much more important. Because I think in a season you you build through that. It's it's more about ironing out game plan, and obviously there's an important element and there's strength and conditioning people who will make sure that we get enough fitness in us. But I'd rather pull back and have everyone available. Yeah. Then contact injuries are unavoidable. Correct. Yeah. But. Stress-related injuries, um, soft tissue injuries, there is no need for them. What's funny, Kingers made – I spoke to Kingers this morning. We had a coffee before I went to work. Kingers said – Is he down here? Yeah. Well, he's coming down for Christmas and then he goes to Hawaii just after Boxing Day. Um, he said the month leading into December is what sets you up for September because what you do this side of Christmas means you're ready for the ramp-up to start football – and it's that ramp up that if you're behind, you try and pour more work in to get mm. ready. And that's when you risk injury. That's where you set your season off on the wrong foot. I didn't get that. Could you try again? Sorry, Siri. <laughs> um, She's coming through our set. I'm it's listening. Off. Shut up, Siri. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, don't talk. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just, it was interesting where he was sort of saying you, you have to avoid the risk of too much work at the wrong time because if mm. you break down and have those issues, you never catch back up, which still fascinates me about Sam Walsh having had back surgery and he no preseason and an what, exception what he could to, be. I think he's an exception he, to the world. He's right an too. athlete. He is he's a, he's an out-and-out professional. Correct. Um, but but you're right. I think this December, I think the Christmas break for our blokes and, and what I'd, they I'd do to get ready. And I'd heard that Cripper had a few little issues. Yep. Um, so, you know, rest, recovery... See, Cripp, Cripper loves training in December, though. He loves training back on the farm and getting fit and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so. It's like Rocky Four. Cripper. Yeah, up the mountain. 
Cripper's injuries late in the year can't go underestimated because they the ribs. The ribs are like he you you're getting hit every minute. And he's a he's a but he's a take possession, take contact player as well. And the fact that he kept fronting up is a great credit to him. And I love to think how good Blake Akers would be without a shoulder and Sam Dockley. Um, Sean, my question for you. Does the monogram matter? You're going back there, Tim, but I love it. It's a very thoughtful question, Tim. Thank you. Um, so in the past two or three weeks, the club has released, as the clubs do at this time of the year, the new jumpers. Someone needs to tell AFL clubs to stop doing that because they are not new jumpers. It's not like in the EPL or the European leagues where there are genuinely new kits yep. every year. The fact that they're cosmetic changes at best and the away jumpers are usually pretty safe. They're pretty conservative. Um, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Teams have unique characteristics or features and some of those that the origins of which are very hard to define. What? Why do Boston play on a parquet floor? Why did... The West Ham, you know, forever blowing bubbles. Why did they take that on? All these little things that are woven into the fabric of a club and become generational and become Michael past. Jackson was a uh, Fulham fan. West, West Ham fan. Well, he had the statue out the front of Craven Cottage when Dodie. Uh, oh, when, I thought he was when a Fulham the, fan. When um, he was blowing bubbles too. Was he? You're an idiot. <laughs> have you have you seen the? Have you? I'm not giving you anything. Have you seen the? Uh, <laughs> You've seen the Eddie Murphy. You've seen Eddie Murphy in Comedians in Cars. Don't go over there, Eddie. <laughs> have, you, have you seen that? <laughs> yes, I have. Jerry he, he went to Michael Jackson's compound and he goes, Bubbles was in a cage. And he's like, that's, is that Bubbles? And Michael's like, don't go over there. He'll <laughs> <laughs> rip your face off. <laughs> oh, very good. But the point is all of these silly things just become part of the club. And why are they part of the club? No one can really answer the question mm. becomes a tenant of the club and the ultimate shame for us is I don't think it comes back and I think it's awfully close to which each passing year it's it's awfully close to just disappearing as an issue because it'll get to the point where people don't know it's an issue they don't know about it they don't know to have expected it be there and then it's just gone and then the next iteration of the administration of the football club if it does get raised are sort of like what? I don't even know what you're talking about why? We, we, why which is, is largely this what's the response has been of late? When we get far enough away from it, it just—it's I don't know what you're talking about, and it's something that should be important. It should be pride of place. It should matter, and unfortunately, I, I have think it's, always it's gone. I have always agreed with you. Um, I am willing to to compromise on the player jumpers only. So VFL, yep. I don't care. Yep. Yep. Um, That's what it was, though, largely. Fans, I don't care, but just the 22 that go out there. But that's what it was. Largely largely at the end, that's what it was. You could – we did a, a run of them in 2015, I think it was, because there was some surplus material yep. where we could make some yeah, – I think we could make a maximum of 200 for retail, but largely they weren't for sale. It was like the Victorian jumpers used to be like that. You couldn't buy a, a big V. That's right. So, which was dumb, to be honest. It was insanity. Correct. But I just think, unfortunately, the, the ship has sailed and it I've got won't a be coming back. Nike 100 year Big V jumper somewhere. 150. 150. Yeah, I, I had one. Toyota, I'm pretty sure, was on it. Yeah, I, so it was for the Hall of Fame game. Fev won the Allen Aylent medal, kick six. Uh, Juddy wore number four yep. that night. 
There's um, a ball that got signed, and I don't care now, I'll say this publicly. You stole it. It got signed by Tom Hafey, Kevin Sheedy, Lee Matthews, David Park, and uh, Ron Barassi. Anyway, and the directors at GTA had gotten, you know, lotto at a function once and bid for this 150-year anniversary sharing that's in a box with all these great signatures on it. And it was in the office in queue. And when we moved from queue to uh, the city, the ball got lost. Just went missing. Displaced. It's in Harvey's bedroom. <laughs> it has been located. Ah, uh, fuck it. It'll uh, be worth something one day. I don't give a shit. Oh, for them, I don't give a shit. Oh, yeah. well, I mean, a couple of those, are, one of them's dead. Who else is on it? Two of them are dead. Hafey, Barassi, Malthouse, Sheedy. Alive. Parkin. Alive. Yeah, it's, it's all the greats. Yeah, cool. Matthews. Hang Kevin on. Sheedy signed it twice, front and back. <laughs> Fuck. Idiot. Don't, don't, don't let him kick it. That doesn't surprise me. What am no, I, no, it's still in the box. One of my faves, we did a, thing at, um, did a thing at Box Hill where a Guernsey was left out and there was just a note on it and it was for the girls, just uh, sign this, just a team sign jumper. So when you come in for training or whatever it is, just sign the jumper. And um, I can't remember who it was. It was one of the young Hawthorne-listed players like signed it. Because he walked in and said, "Oh, please sign the jumper," and he was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, whatever." And he's like, "Signed it." An AFLW. I, I can't remember. I can't exactly remember who it was, but he's sort of going, standing over it. What I'm getting over, this has got nothing to do with us. And if anything, it's got so much not to do with us that we shouldn't. I shouldn't even be raising it. But it's it's a microcosm of the world at the moment, Timbo. You know, you can't buy if you go out to buy a Collingwood jumper. The AFL logo is red. They oh, we missed the date, the cut-off date for having the Premier's badge on there. Ridiculous. That's, <laughs> I don't get how that's an excuse. Miss what date? No, well, that's Nike. Nike missed the date. Yeah. Because Ni- fuck reprint. Yeah, Nike are nuts. What Collingwood should have done is said, don't put the AFL logo on it, and if we do win the flag, don't win the flag, we'll just sublim- We'll just stick it on ourselves. Yeah. We'll just patch hey, it. Ray, I don't get how they could. Oh, yeah, Dumb. you've got until this date. So no, that's a if, if our Ampole things are, are, are stickers. So it's a Nike. So that's a Nike thing. So Collingwood would, would have had to have had their retail order in. I don't. It's it's well, well, well in advance. So that's that's terrible. Fab and Tim are sharing notes. I've got the next question for you, Fab. Let's crack through this. Yep. The club seems to be in a stable position both on and off the field. Will the constitutional requirements mandating? Luke Sayers step aside or retire his position on the board, um, hinder this momentum? I think it it, it can. Um, for the first time in a very, very long time, I think there is an, not just a sense of um, stability. I think there is genuine stability at the club. It's been very impressive. And now it's for nothing other than a. it is written in – this, let's be honest, a bit of a bullshit constitution. We're a football club, not a not a not a nation, but um, that it has to be changed. So um, so, says is up for re-election, or not re-election for. He has to step down. What at the end of this? Mm. His this term. Season. Yeah. Now, and obviously last year he had a few issues, personal issues. Um, but that obviously didn't affect his performance. And for the first time in the Matheson Matheson. Stench is kind of seemed to be moving on. Correct. 
I don't see that it's the optimum time for this thing to happen. I, I think historically there are great administrators of football clubs, sporting clubs, full stop. I think what Luke Sayers has managed to do at our football club, I, I think we would be a lesser organisation if he was not available moving forward. And and, and I think if he wants to be there, um, I, I think we should do whatever it takes to, it is, to make it, sure that he is part of it. It is dangerous because ultimately... And a no, an incompetent well, the board. Rule an incompetent to be able board. To turn over the but, wrong but in, person. An incompetent board could could make the assessment that mm. Fab's doing a great job. What are you talking about? Mm. And everyone's like, "What are you talking about?" And then he remains on. Yep. That that's the danger. But I do agree. It's an interesting situation. And he he seems to be quite good at it. Type of thing. And, and I know not every president needs to be a media performer, but he handles himself. Quite well. Yep. Um, I think his background, his business background, has allowed him to um, to kind of know how to kind of deal with every facet of the business a bit differently. And yep. um, I don't know if we can get someone else who's as well rounded as him. There's no obvious at the moment. I, I, from what we've got on the board currently, it doesn't feel like there's an obvious successor. That's yeah. exactly right. So does he have to be removed from the board? Last thing. Well, I think he has to. If he's I know served, you can't he's, be president, so you can't I, be I, on the board. I assume if you've served your term, yep. you have to resign the board. Yeah. Could he have an honorary member? I don't role? know, Tim. Um, I, I am <laughs> just trying to think of the workaround. Timbo, got a question for you. Yes. Do we have the game style to win finals, big finals? I think I think that's the biggest question in front of us at the moment on field. Um, You're not going to thank me for the question? <laughs> I think it's a phenomenal question, Fabian, and I think you've outdone yourself. Um, I think we have shown our ability in big games to be able to deliver and perform. My sadness at the end of the season was we didn't seem to show much creativity in the Brisbane game. I think we reverted to trying to bomb the ball too much. And when you're coming up against Harris Andrews and some of his mates... And I think you're giving it to them the way that they needed it and we needed to have shown more imagination and thought. Oh, I'll put this to you. Oh, fantasia, oh. fantasia and imagination. Um, I'll put this to you, though. And yep. I said this to to young Joseph at work um, in, a, in a hotly debated discussion that we you know we were having around the finals. Now, Collingwood playing Brisbane on grand final day is at the MCG, is an easier match than Carlton having to beat Brisbane at the Gabba in a prelim final. I agree. I so, agree. Well, Collingwood haven't been able to beat Brisbane in Brisbane. And no one's been able no, to beat like Brisbane. No, but in terms yeah. of for a long while. So I, I hear what you're saying that we kind of – our second and third quarters weren't great. But I think we went into our shells. I, I think we played safe at times. It's also... And we didn't play desperately I and we didn't look for something new and different. The five goals take nothing away from them. I think they're a bit of an aberration. I think... I think we caught them on the hop and, and I think we attacked. it was always going to come. The only goal that was disappointing was the one at the end of the first quarter. The Connor McKenna one. The... Um, no, no, no. no. It was Hipwood. I think it was Hipwood got there first. Yeah. Because okay. that was like, oh, if we just sort of held them goalless. Yeah. It's a big difference. Yep. But um, it's – I know what you're saying, but it's such a difficult task to go to Brisbane. 
and Look, beat Brisbane. It is, but it's how do you go – like, if you're going to get beaten, get beaten, but how do you go about it? And I just don't think we gave ourselves our best chance. I thought we were playing seriously impotent footy for 40 minutes, and then when we actually threw a little bit of caution to the wind, we actually – we actually gained momentum back very quickly, yeah. and and and, yeah, and, and, and I think they shit themselves a little bit. But, I, but we gave ourselves too much work to do. What I hope the leaders take out of it, and the, and the leadership of the football department take out of it, is we're in a position like this. We've got the good start. They've hauled us back <laughs> in. They've put a little bit of a gap on us. Okay, we need to respond. The first thing you need to do is just get some control. Correct. And we don't want to go slow. But what we want to do is we just want to get some control. And it's the classic, can you put the brakes on? Well, it's tempo football. Just go a bit of tempo. And and maintaining possession. Yeah. I think too often we ran out of ideas. And when the ball was backside of halfway, we would bomb it 50 metres to packs. And we have two of the best key forwards in the competition. Yes. But they don't really take pack marks. Well, Harry does. does. Well, Harry can, but, but... I think Harry pushing Harry, I up Harry the ground and meeting the ball is is better. Yeah, I, look, I he can do it, but I don't think I don't think that's his one wood. I want to see us changing direction of the attack. Sorry, can I you? agree. Um, but I love our pressure. I think I'll our, put this our best you. football, our forward two, pressure was great. We had two flying shots at goal. The Charlie one I expect to go in. The the conning one here. Cripps gives away a fifty. Yeah. The, um, the Boyd set shot dude. could have changed the game. He was a bit far out. Like he's got the leg on him, but it's it didn't it's surprise it, it, me it is, he went for it. It surprised me when as close as he did, and you still think Chera, just a little bit more missing. Yeah, soda. It was deadly. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. like, we learn from that. Oh, look, absolutely. You're in it up to your eyeballs. Were you? <sighs> game finishes and they huddle up, and it was the send off. Adam Sart. Out of all people, that's weird. I loved it. No, I loved it I because loved it I too, think it was, but it's a, weird. it was a new voice. I loved it because his attitude is probably thinking, you mentioned earlier, Sadi's attitude is probably, this is what I come to the football club for. Yeah. Is to play in big games, in big finals, to be playing for the right to play off. This is what I, I've come here for and this is, we need to get back here. Yeah. How yep. do we get back here? How's, how's Massimo going? <laughs> he's a nice guy. And uh, how's uh, old mate uh, Nick Hind? Is that his name? Yeah, he's just, yeah. just going. And then I've lastly, just t- tidying off this segment, got a very quick thing to talk about here. Um, some thoughts to the group. Um, number changes. Some interesting number changes from me. Lockie Cowan went from 26 to 2. Ollie Hollands went from 14 to 4. Jackson Binns went from 32 to 25. I'm I'm loath to go too hard. 32 is a great number. I'm, but I'm loath to go too hard. I don't... I don't Ollie Holland's apparently asked for the four. There's, there's been some big shifts, and I'm like, maybe there. I mean, Blake in the in in the in the scheme of like these some of these numbers, four and two. Oh, yeah, they're, yeah, they're just a number, but they've proven to be big. Yeah, they've, they've proven to carry a bit of weight, mm. and and some boys have struggled with that. I'm surprised they gave Cowan two, and that's not a slight. No, not Cowan. at all. And I'm hoping that just illustrates the opinion Can of the I, kid. I thought the twenty six. Suited him to a T. I don't think a number two suits any backman. That's Danny just, Frawley? There's certain. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I'm not saying there hasn't been a number two backman. To me, that's. No, I don't disagree. But I just, I just. Holy Holland's asked for the four. See, I was like, make your own, make your own career, make four your own. Is, you like, know, Jackson Bins, I hate it because I think 32 looks better than 25. Yeah. 
Um, that's just my personal opinion. Maybe it's a Jezelenko thing. I don't know. It is it's a famous thing. number, a Carlton number. Yes. And a couple of iconic wearers. Yeah, but the Cowan one just doesn't – look, ultimately it means nothing. No, no. But it's just, yeah. That one did pique my interest. I sort of thought, I, I reckon the 26 suits you far better than the two. Well, if you're a hard-nosed halfback flanker, you know, David Reese jones won yeah. a Norm Smith medal beating Dermot Brereton. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that number. No. I agree. Well, look, it's, it is a small thing and we don't want to make I, a mountain look, out of a molehill. I, I, always, I always think there's a psychology and a thinking behind it that is just nice to delve I into. I still think Ollie Hollins has got a bit of st- sticks about him. What? Not in the way you play, visually. Just the hair. The head. It's the teeth, it's the, the hair, it's, it's everything. All right. Moving on, new another segment, top 10 moments of the year, gentlemen. We spoke about this off pod, so we'll move through these. Yep. We've we've reached our consensus top 10. So this say, hopefully you don't ask me to remember No, them. so this won't be us putting the top 10 together live. We've done that before the show. This is uh, one we've prepared earlier. Our number 10, our 10th best moment of the year. The sun comes out at the MCG, boys, our second quarter against the Gold Coast. We were in the bottom four. They were 10 points up at quarter time. They should have been four goals up at quarter time. We were looking appalling. And then bang, 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 uh, the boys turn it on and we didn't look back. We didn't look back. I There was that... a great phone call. The guy rang into SEN. He took his son to the game and he was very emotional. emotional. It was a great yeah. moment. It was lovely. But it was a, it was a very cathartic Half an hour of footy. It was a Sunday. I we took the kids out to the city for you know, stayed at the hotel for their birthday and whatever. So we did that on the Saturday night. And Sunday we took them to Docklands. They had some like kids activity things there. So I thought it's the Suns. We weren't flying at the time, so we'll go to Docklands. And originally it was meant to be go to the hotel and the mean Harvey were gonna go to the game, but it was like we'll go to the Docklands. And I could just remember what, what do you? What no do you, one at Visit Victoria has ever heard that statement ever. We'll go to the, we'll just go to the Docklands. We'll no, no, the they, had, they had some sort of like. Um, Someone's listening to this going. Are you fucking hearing this? It's a. It's guy went to the Docklands. It's, it was like a own. science experiment thing. Science works. No, that's in Williamstown. Um, and I remember looking at the thing a quarter time going, fuck. And then you know, as you do, like every now and then, like you just can't help it when you know the game's on. You just get phone out, app refresh, it's like goal. Goal, goal, and then I nudge Harvey and goal, and he's like looking at me, and I go, I couldn't believe it. Like, it was just, oh. and it got to the point at, at half time. Look, how much were we up by? About forty something points. Yeah. Well, we had a nine goal eight, quarter, eight, and it eight, came eight, from eight. two goals down, so we're probably forty up. And it was like this is the last thing I expected to happen today. Yeah, yeah. And thank God it did. Fantastic moment. Number nine for us was the hand of Marchbank. Against Melbourne, mm-hmm. Christian Petrarca's long goal-bound shot. Did it? Did it not? Doesn't who, matter. Who cares? Uh, goal review came up our way, but that score ex- review umpire's goal <laughs> is behind. Get fucked, Melbourne. <laughs> um, fortunately for us, you said exercising the demons, Fab. That was the moment. That was symptomatic of the night in general. We held on in the match. We couldn't. I still see Patrick Cripps jumping at the final siren. Yeah, it was. It was such a great through line to it that we were. I said um, during one of the episodes this year that football's got sports got that incredible way of putting you back in the same spot. Yep. Mm. And both the Melbourne and Carlton were back in the same spot they were twelve months earlier, and this time we were able to hold on. So, the hand of Marchbank number nine, number eight. This was one that was very close to our hearts, and um, 
I'm sure a lot of Carlton fans enjoyed this moment. Paddy Doe. Paddy Doe. Sinking the Saints on the run. We're not going to hear that this year. We're not. Unless he plays well for the Saints and Dad goes, you see, I told you, Paddy Doe. (laughs) But that was a great moment that you mentioned in the pre-pod, Timbo, that um, Blake Aker's goal was probably the better goal. Yeah. And you're like, that's absolutely good. But in terms of the moment and the player and just – uh, I think that the Dow goal was sort of the one that was... It was a reward for effort. That... And it was sort of the goal that, you, and you said as well, he was going to get subbed off. Yep. And he has the great moment, probably the best moment of his Carlton career. Probably winning the game against Gold Coast up there early was a bigger one. But oh, this no more... chance, Tim. No, as far as the goal goes. No chance. Oh, the running goal yeah. on the Saturday nah. night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah. I was this... also there for it. So Alexander was born two days later. Is that a fact? There yeah. we go. But... Everything that went into it, his journey this year, his journey last year, he was a player that a lot of fans had put their yeah. you know, faith in. and he It came... was the first real time that we'd been like challenge, challenge. Like yeah. we were down. We mm. were down by a bit against St Kilda. Well, and, and they'd beaten us. And it like, didn't look like we were. They'd beat us early in the year at Eddie Had when um, it was probably one of our more disappointing performances because mm. we thought we'd gotten beyond them. And, and it had been one of our bad losses the previous year, and you thought, shit, we're there again. We got jumped again this time, and you thought, are we really going to fritter our season away to this mob? And, yeah, we gathered. It was good. Fantastic moment. Um, yep. Number seven, Charlie goes it alone against the Suns on the Gold Coast. We were absolutely on the rack. Nothing worked for us that day, and it took someone to say... Supreme individual effort. I'm yeah. going to do this. Yep. And then... To top it off, he goes back and takes the game-winning mark. Fuck you, Joe Boo. I'll <laughs> do it myself. Fuck you, Joe Boo. <laughs> um, brilliant, brilliant moment. Absolutely yeah. outstanding. Great, great stuff. Well, as good as the goal was, the mark, the game-saving mark, and the reaction of the players around him when he took it, Weeders especially. And that's yeah. the one that sealed yeah, the absolutely. finals berth. Yeah. We, were, we were definitely in. The sixth spot on this list is the first quarter against Brisbane. Um, yep. That was when I, we, we again spoke about it pre-pod. I turned to Dad and I said, well, this feels real. This was that you know, was the build-up you mentioned. Fab was something that that's you, the best week of the year, um, and to be there for the first time well, since two thousand. Friday to Friday, so Friday night, obviously the week before was the feeling was great, but that, yeah. that it it allowed us to have that week. You turned up to work, and it was just a buzz. Everyone yeah. was a buzz, and others, even non-cult people, were kind of like. I don't know. They were happy that we were so bloody happy. It, it oh. was, there was. It's the same as when Richmond came good. You know, Richmond had been a basket case for so long. When they actually finally got up and about, and you saw their emotion, and you just couldn't help but feel good for them. And I think, like, there is a lot of people that don't want to see Carlton have any enjoyment or success or whatever at all. But for the normal people of the world, you'll go. This is nice. It's yeah. the and it's what what major soccer tournaments have felt in the last five or six years. Love them or hate them, the World Cup or the European Championships have a fizz if England are good, are up and about. Yeah, they just absolutely. do. They, do. they just do. Like mm. that, they just they just have a bit of a fizz and a bit of. And I think it's. But it's also like Richmond generated as that. good as like yeah Morocco going on a run or a Croatia making the final. No disrespect. No. Nah. But Brazil, Argentina, Italy, England, Germany. those Germany, Holland, even Holland, Spain, Spain even less so, Spain less so, because so, historically, historically Spain haven't been that great. Probably France less so, yeah, so than even England. You, it's a different vibe, and then to have all the oldest people in the media 
say it's just you hate to know they were at pains to say it, but when Carlton and Collingwood are up and about together, football is better. It's it's different, and I think <laughs> the fact that we we're both in the hunt, it hit different. Like oh, we've been seeing the dogs and that, and it's like yeah, Fab. finals are finals. People get excited, but this is different. The halcyon days of the late two thousands, you know, through to the mid twenty tens, Hawthorne and Geelong played some unbelievable games against one another. But who fucking cares? Who fucking cares? Yeah. The the thought. The, Sorry, Kath. The prospect mm. of Carlton and Collingwood, even in that semi-final, if Carlton can win through to a semi and if Melbourne knock over Collingwood, mm. Carlton and Collingwood in a final, and then it became they might play in a grand final. Yeah. Mm. So much so that he ruined the fucking moment. Oh. But the first thought of Brian Taylor's when we win against Melbourne is that Carlton, he fumbled it. He was trying to say that Carlton Collingwood for the first time in 40 years are still alive at this time of the season. Yeah. On prelim final weekend, Carlton and Collingwood are still alive. Yeah. But he A, he fumbled it. B, say it afterwards. Give Carlton the moment. Yeah. The Blues are through to a prelim, blah, blah, blah. And then he could say, for the first time in 40-odd years, Carlton and Collingwood are still on track to play off in a grand final. Yep. Because it is. That is part of the story. Well, it's... The, it's, the AFL would have loved nothing more than us playing Collingwood oh, in that grand final. Can you imagine final. it? Can you imagine it? Uh, number five on the list, speaking of which, was history doesn't repeat. Charlie Curnow kicks the first goal of the last quarter against Collingwood. So in much the same way that against Melbourne, things went our way 12 months on from the day they didn't. Yeah. Against Collingwood in a big game, round 20 at the MCG, we get the first goal of the last quarter, which I just had to look up on yeah. Charlie um, Curnow. What was Charlie Curnow? Yeah. He yep. tore Darcy Moore a new one. Darcy got a bit... Uh, Handsy. Got to be grabby. Yeah. But so that's and, and, and the one thing that I wanted to say, and it was something that was personal to me, was um, Chera's performance with Sam Walsh not playing and really stepping up and controlling the midfield and pro- probably playing as good a half of football as you've seen against a serious contender. You know, the, early in the season, was it Kane Corns was, was shit-canning him and sort of saying mm. he hasn't been a good recruit? I think he, lo- he loves an outlandish statement. I tell you, Adam Chera, we've got him third on our list as our best midfielder. If he makes good on the promise that he's got, he could do anything this season. Mm. What I loved about that game is that you take away, they kick the opening two goals and we have controlled it from that point onwards is all us. Absolutely. And and as we said, Jeremy, Don't worry had, about scoreline because it yeah. wasn't like a big blowout. It was, it was controlled. controlled. Yeah. From and, that point onwards, and the last, and and they they threw Jeremy Howe forward out of pure desperation. He kicks the last three goals of the game, and I think the final score what we won 17, by 16, yeah. 17. And in the end, the reality if is, if it that, was no, close, we had we'd done have thrown by someone in front of him. Well, that's right, and, and, and it actually didn't matter. And in the end, what it actually shows, if you go back through the season, and they'll go, oh yeah, we won the flag, but they only beat us by seventeen points, and it's so like, nah. But no, it was we, much the same we, way. We, Tim. Dropped, we dropped forty on you. But, Tim, they, they beat us earlier in the year by 28. Yeah, and it felt like we got done by it, 70. But it felt like eight goals. Correct. Yeah. It felt we, double. We were slaughtered. Um, number four on the list, we don't know what happened. We don't need to know what happened. Camp Kurnow. Tough Top convers- 10 memorable tough moments. Conversations were had. Absolutely. Uh, There's a great T-shirt I saw. I don't know who made it, but it said, I had tough conversations <laughs> at Camp Kurnow. I love it. I Absolutely love it. fantastic, <laughs> number four. Number three was the build-up to our first final in 10 years, the build-up to the Sydney game, just the week, the walk to the ground through Yarra Park on the Friday night, the sea of navy blue, um, the first refrains of the game were just electrifying. You watch the replay and there's just 
single bays of red, and there's 90,000. There was that one bay. Next to us on the second level, it, right it, next to us. It's kind of where your reserve seat is. It's yeah, kind of that. Yeah. And they were making noise at one stage. And, but as Who you said, shut them up? Somebody shut them up. We kicked a couple of goals and everyone started cheering back towards yeah. them. But um, the build-up, the nerves. I still remember too, I'm, I'm on Hoddle Street. And I'm driving in on my. I'm I'm just fucking nervous. I'm just I'm just I'm eating myself up. I'm putting the radio on, turning the radio off. Doing. Ring Tim. I'm sitting with Tim, so I have to eventually catch up with you anyway. I'm like Tim, where are you? And you're like, oh, I just left Cardno. I'm here. All right. I I needed him in. I just needed you in the car. Yeah. I just needed someone to distract mm. me. And then walking in, that's we saw Kingers. Kingers and Jeremy Ladler. This is how much interest Kingers had in the game. Donuts. Went to dinner, wasn't watching it. So, um, because they were playing the next day, yes, yeah, they played St. the Kilda. next day against St Kilda. Yeah, it was the coldest night <laughs> I've ever had. I don't to think s- it was that bad. <laughs> now, I don't know where you chilly. were. I was freezing. Were you at the um, the game, the COVID game at the MCG against Frio? Yes, that was meant to be in Perth. Yeah, but obviously the sure lockdowns, got the three votes, lockdowns, and whatever. We yeah. did win the game. Yes, Sam Walsh kicked. Uh, that was a phenomenal. That goal. was as cold as I've been in a game of footy for a long time. Paddy Dow's first quarter very good. Had like twelve. Very good. Number two, top ten moments of twenty twenty three for the Carlton Football Club is the creation of Acres, which happens obviously in that very same elimination final. His desperate touch, which denied the Swans a goal. Um, and that's all work. That's all work rate. Oh, totally. and the great photo. The, the, the photos. The yeah. moment is the is Michael the thing Wilson. is it goes. Yeah. And what yeah. I love about that photo because they go to. I'm going to say VAR, no, I'm wrong. The arc. Yeah. And the vision is like, yeah, we can clearly see the ball stuff. You can't see shit on that thing. The umpire has luckily said, I think it's I touched because he's heard it. Yeah. And that's how we get the result. But then the photo to just to ratify. Oh, this, no, no, this, this is touched. Get this a white T-shirt, put a bit of a grain, put a bit of an effect over it, put him touching the hand of God. Put the ball in between in them. In between them. Yeah. My boy, we had, had, a mock up my boy had a final series to to savor. Um, <laughs> He's touching it with his hair. He, he was at one point. <laughs> touching everything. <laughs> but, but I remember Pete texting me during the break. He goes, He's touching it with his hair. Is that, a, is that allowed? <laughs> so I'm like, it's no a part one, of his body, man. No one knows. <laughs> Someone should have like done a, I don't know, Peter Schmeichel. Think of a, the most, you know, Oliver Kahn, mm. the classic, the most famous goalkeeper you can think of. You know, and done that. Did you Whatever, whoever you want to pick, you know, because he was Lev Yashin in the back half of the year. He was unbelievable. And the number one moment for 2023 unquestionably was the last couple of minutes of the <sighs> semi-final against Melbourne. For any Collingwood fans listening, I'm sure you are because you're absolutely obsessed with us. <laughs> um, you can poo-poo it. You can diminish it all you want. Um, that's fine. It was to be a part of it, to be there to experience it, was electric. I is it as good as a grand final? No, 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 it's not. Does that mean it wasn't unbelievable to be a part of? No, it's the best I've ever felt at the football, hands down. Well, the commentary, Jared. I mean, Jared Waitley said it. And the grand final was a fantastic match with wonderful that moments. That was irking a, so many people. And that a great people finish. Like, people like Jared Waitley were. And they were happy to voice how this Carlton feeling well, was not said, it was just not just going through us. It was going through everyone. Waitley said, Wait, have Waitley you ever, is the true barometer. Have yeah. you ever heard the MCG like and that? And he's been a 
grand finals, Geelong, big games and, and all that being... And, and he doesn't like giving Carlton any sort of a polish whatsoever, and he is the true barometer in that situation. Anyone that wants to deny, and, and I say us, Carlton supporters, their moment in the sun to be able to say, that proves why we are important. Tim, it's the moment. He, he said, Tim, he goes... And, and try and walk that down and go win the flag, but, Tim, but we are the story of the year. But Collingwood fans, no one's saying that you can't enjoy your own moments. It's a deserved premiership. But good, no, but good no one's saying them. that you can't enjoy your own great moments from the year or a previous year or anything you want. But watching that and not thinking, that's, yeah, that's pretty special, isn't it? Jesus. Well, and, and the irk that they got this week when oh. Lockie Neal was on the front of they the... Are and, they and, are pathetic. They are pathetic. What they, happened? So they have this uh, and and uh, an AFL season preview, like yeah. a, a guide to the year, yeah. and Lockie Neal's on the front. And every Collingwood supporter, maybe not every Collingwood a supporter, but a lot of them have lost their shit and said, we won the premiership. Why the fuck isn't there a Collingwood player on the front of it? Well, for the last 25 years, the reigning Brownlow medal winner mm. or several Brownlow medal winners in the case where there's been a, um, a, a three-way tie mm. – have been on front of the, on the front of the guide, but you put Lockie Neal on it, and they lose. Their they shit. take everything as a personal slight. Yeah. How dare you? And disrespect. How very dare you? No, looking at Carlton people enjoying an all-time great finals finish in but we'll no make it about us. In no way detracts from you being able to enjoy your finishes involving your own team. You don't have to make they're very Liverpool-like in that way. You don't have to make everything. Not everything's about you. Yeah. Correct. You win the flag. That's fine. Good on you. Have it. Have it. That doesn't mean that those of us who were there, I've told the story during the episode after the semi-final, the next night, the next morning, sorry, I flew up to Box Hill's prelim final and you get to the ground and a few of us had to fly up the morning of and we get to the ground and we meet the boys and the coaches and whatnot who were there the night before and there's lots of time before the game sort of sitting around and a few of them obviously knew that because I was working and then going to the game and they knew that I've come up the next day and they they would just go, what was it, how was it? Because they were watching it in the dinner room or, you know, the, the mm. mass room, the, the hall, yep. um, where you have your team meeting and your, and your team dinner. And I just said, I cannot cannot describe no. the the emotion of it and then just the, the sound and the like the ground was shaking. I said, and just, and I've told the story where I slumped in the chair mm. yeah. when he I, marked. I, I'm getting emotional again. I'm getting emotional again. And you just, it was just to be a part of it, unbelievable not just the best moment of 2023, it's the best moment the Carlton Football Club's had this century. Yep. I may, I may have kissed Pierre. <laughs> I, I can't confirm or deny that. But I teared up. I was banging on the bench in the bar at Vietnam. I was going to say you were... The, with, my wife's a Melbourne supporter, so she was wanting it as well and all that sort of stuff. But the, and and like, there are other people watching, but they weren't invested in it. No. And, and they've gone, who is this fucking who idiot? Is this lunatic? <laughs> but like, even Fab, you know, even... The 10 minutes after the siren, oh. exiting the ground, the concourse. Yeah. I, the as, as I said, I, I walked out and I was hugging everybody, everybody. And people, I'm, <laughs> people that I don't know how we record a podcast. Shut, shut up, Siri. What the fuck, Siri? Siri? Stop stealing the moment. You're not a Collingwood supporter. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> um, I, don't know how, off. I don't know how people recognize us from a. The medium we're in is, a, is an audio medium. <laughs> Tim and I were recognised the week before, and I was recognised a lot after the game. Wow, hey. people coming, and I saw Webby, and I gave, I, I hugged anyone who wanted a hug, got a hug, and going down the ramps, 
of the Great Southern, the Shane Warne stand. Oh, it, mate, if I could relive that. Yeah, bottle that. And the only reason I wanted to – I could have been there forever for the fact that I just wanted to get out to a bit of clear air because I needed to hear, I needed to talk to Dad. Yeah. I wanted to talk to Dad, yeah. talk to Harvey and just – But then and, that and walk, how, good, how good's that? That walk – Well, you said it about your dad too. Walking back to the car – it was, mate. There was so much track, and you didn't give a shit. Everything. Let, let, let it last as long as possible. Oh, so I think in closing on that, um, and I said it in the tweet. Of course, it needs to mean more. Of course, this needs to become something bigger. Of course, we all want it to become mm. something bigger. This feeling, that feeling that we just described, and everyone will be reliving it themselves, listening in, needs to become an obsession to feel yep. it again. Yep. Because if that's how good that felt, yeah. how good does the cup feel? Yeah. Like, seriously, if that's how good that felt, Richmond fans experienced it particularly. They're the closest thing to us in terms of what we're hunting when they got it in 17. You know, the great shots of Richo. Yep. Unbelievable. You know, he's in he's tears. He's in tears. And- but it's any flag we have won before this, and I know we've had droughts, but it wasn't the same Football wasn't Foot, the same. Football's changed. Right. Yeah. And we didn't change having, with it. Having endured what we've had to endure. We've had it we've had a, we've had a, like a jail sentence. Well we have. Of so, our own making. Yeah, but we've, we've endured. We have seen and we have lived through premierships. And they were great. Trust me, I, I wore that nineteen ninety five video out. Right? <laughs> it was cooked by the end of it, right? And take nothing away from them, but the next one. Will mean so much more. Will mean whatever, so much Whatever more. Collingwood, whatever Richmond, they're the, they're the best examples. The Eagles clean up big supporter bases. Whatever those clubs made in revenues from their merch will be a drop in the ocean. I've asked my father-in-law. So he's now seen this year, 2010, and he said they pale. 90. 90 was Compared insane. to 90. He goes, 90 was... Like nothing before, because it meant so much they'd more. They waited. They'd waited, and they'd and lost. He'd and he'd been suffered. and suffered, suffered, and he'd seen so many grand but being there and saw so many grand It's like now, like he was happy. He goes, oh, nowhere near as happy as I was. So that's the thing. It needs to mean more. This needs to become the catalyst for more. Hopefully, it can. So moving on, boys, we're going to go also, to you. Go on. I asked my cousin, like Simon. Simon will always say, the best flag is twenty two thousand and eight. Well, not yep. expected. He goes, that's the best feeling. Rare gold. That's the one that you pinch. Yeah. So we're going to go now to Johnny Raincloud's. Do you have a Johnny Raincloud? I do. Oh, I'm going to go with my Johnny Raincloud first. Yep. So I've got a real bee in my bonnet of late. My Johnny Raincloud's real easy. FM radio. So a thing that's happened lately with FM radio when they cut up their clips for TikTok and Instagram reels mm-hmm. is... Uh, like jokes, cutting up jokes. And there's one particular channel people would have seen it and people are ringing in telling like dirty jokes and whatever and, and they're getting ridiculous engagement and they're getting 70,000 likes on these videos. They've just happened across this content piece which is rolled gold engagement so they're doing it and they're doing it to death. Whatever, that's their decision. I despise the just the general conceit of FM radio and nothing sums it up greater than these videos. These... They're just insincere, 
contrived like someone will be like they've always got stupid names like you know Jacko and the Sponge or something <laughs> and someone rings up and they'll be like you know like what's the difference between a marsupial and a tire and then the guy the host goes oh, 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 oh no it's like you have fucking no idea what he's talking about it's all the most contrived put upon shit I've ever heard he's going oh no no and it's like shut the fuck up we all know you're doing this because you're going to get 50,000 likes on Twitter and Instagram and whatever and TikTok and however many views and you're doing it for the fucking social media metrics and then they tell some ridiculous joke we've always everyone's heard before it's the most telegraphed thing in the world and they just go oh no <laughs> I literally it, I watch it and I just simmer with fucking rage <laughs> That this is what we're living through. I fucking hate it. I hate it so much. Oh, Christ. Timbo. Uh, well, Sean, this is a bit of a, uh, a collaboration of... Yeah, I, I'm in on it. You guys yeah. were having the discussion more than... I was not involved in the conversation, but uh, trust me, I'm on board. I'm on board with your one. There I know will, where you're going. There will be a lot of listeners that are very simpatico to uh, <laughs> this, this stance, and it is... Oh, no. um, the primary school oh. Christmas carol uh, talent performance, whatever you want to call it, um, you know, the, it, it's a little bit like the sporting everybody gets a ribbon. They are peddling out every single kid and sticking them up on stage and there's there's more shouting than singing. Um, there's a whole lot of no talent going on. What did I say, Tim? What's my position on this? Tell me. I've not told you, <laughs> sorry. Unless you've got a kid who can play the piano, play the cello, can dance, I don't care. I don't care what they can do. Unless you've got a kid not who to is be seen or heard. genuinely talented and it's like we're going to wheel out uh, little Timmy Davis, um, really talented pianist, and yeah. you're going to come out and play something on the piano and you go, that's good. That's what that I, was I, good. I, I wrote the note. I said you have to showcase talent. Showcase. If the- it ain't there... Don't put You're it on. You're a grade six graduation. This isn't a Juilliard showcase. <laughs> if there is a single performance, I don't care. And if it's not my kid, I also don't care. Why do they, Tim, why do primary school teachers become like theatre production managers in the, in December? Well, they're asked to. But, um, but why? Who's asking for this? Well, I think, as you say, maybe they just think the modern era of, uh, of parents who... Uh, who suddenly think they're also transparent because they'll stand in front of you and take their photos and videos of little Johnny who is talentless. Um, but you, Tim, it, you it, say it this is, it is Timbo, excruciating. In, twi- in 2023, there's two things I'm going to add to this. <laughs> Number one, tell parents, sit the fuck down, record it, and then just upload it to the school website. So, hey, you don't need your video on your iPhone through 18 people. How about we just we're just going to upload it? the whole performance will be available for download on the school website. Number Just one. enjoy the moment. Number two. As much as you can. <laughs> whilst I, I, I do like the school that my boys go to. It is large, very large, 1,500 kids, all right? That, to me, that's five schools, all right, not one. But I like to go to, they've split them up because it's so big, you can't hold all the parents. Well, if there's 1,500 kids, that's 3,000. Does like, that mean you, know, you have to listen most. to half as much? So I had to, to go twice, though. No, <laughs> it's two okay. I had to go on a Friday night for Alexander. Oh, what? Why they're is Alexander? They're in the different split. All right. Why so, is Alexander Al- having a graduation? Alexander sang. No, no, he's gra- in grade one, isn't he? No, he's doing. No, this is just the performance. Oh, Christmas carols, right? That's so, not graduate. It's just so Alexander goes up there. 
and sings Feliz Navidad, right? On his own? No, no. He's class. Is it terrible? Largely. No comment. Um, <laughs> and that's it. And you think, all right, at least that's one thing. And after him, I said to Harvey, let's go. Because A, I'm tall, even though I'm sitting down on a chair. A lot of people on picnic rugs and stuff. I'm going to get out of here so other people can see their kids. Not through a camera, but see them with their eyes. Just look at your kid and give them a wave and I take off. So thank I've only had to do that. On the Sunday night, I have to go back. Because the grade threes have done a bloody production of the nativity. Oh, shit. Why don't they do like Rock of Ages or they've something? Got what eight, they do? They've got eight classes. So do the simple maths. I know there's a little bit less, but 20, just say 25. 25 by eight classes. Yeah, it's a lot. All right. Times two, generally two parents. Then you've got the ones who, despite being told no grandparents and whatever, because it's obviously a large number, bring extra family plus siblings. We're in the gym. You've, you've catered for you, the rafters. You've catered for five percent of the bloody audience. There were less people at Game Seven of right? the NBA Finals. Yeah. There, and luckily, Kelly's Kelly had to, you know we had to be there eight hours early, so we had a seat. And Kelly's like, "Oh, move over, Get, make sure that's for Michael." And no, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not reserving seats for people. Yeah, this isn't Someone the MCC. says, "Is that available?" Yep. This is not the MCC. I can't put a scarf over eight seats and just walk away. It's not happening. Yeah, it's not the MCC members. But I had to go twice, so I feel the pain. You summed it up best. It was like that great line in um, Ocean's 13. Yeah, it's like it's an out-of-town preview. It's a soft opening. It was, when I went to school, I just finished grade six, oh, and, the, and the next school engagement I had I've was two, day one of grade seven. This, this, this is... So this is my no, Johnny Rain. One day the flamingo was closed, and the, the next, next day, day it was, was open. <laughs> There's no such thing as a soft opening. An out of town preview. So my Johnny Rain Cloud is, and I love all my friends who have kids, uh-huh. and I love the excitement they're seeing yes. and, and going through and stuff. Mm-hmm. Sean just touched on graduation. Do you know the only graduation that matters is probably. University, but high school, like you've done the schooling journey. I get it. I'll give them. Oh. I'll, I'll give them changing schools. I'll give them six, twelve, and okay. uni. That's it. Okay, that's a stretch. All right, now, now, but shit, qu- that, 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 that. let me get all this out first. I'll concede. I'm happy to have Sean's grade six. Right. So even though, as Sean said, not many people fail grade six. Though. On Friday, Just, may, may I add? On Friday, I was in grade six. The next school day was a Monday. Three months later, I was in year seven. That's all it was. That's all it was. But no. Anyhow. (sighs) I have seen photographs and social media, fuck me. You only get to don the gown and the hat at university. Kindergarten. Right? At school. Don't even, Tim. Don't even get me started on kinder kinder graduation. There's kinder. Hold on. Playgroup. What are you graduating from? You've done from? nothing. Kinder. You've done nothing. You've done nothing. And shout out to Maurice. I love my goddaughter. I saw her with the hat and the thing. I'm like, you haven't graduated. You haven't done anything. You haven't done anything. You've, you've, you've just aged. You've gotten one year. Yeah. You've aged out of the grade you were in. It's like government work. And I, this gets me <laughs> knowing. Oh, yeah. Tim got a pay increase because he's been here three years. Give a fuck. Tim's done. He's improved his performance 
Nothing. Nothing. No. I like it how Tim's the specific right? example you use. But by in local name. government and you know places like Vic Roads and stuff. Oh yeah, you're in the next band now because you've been here three years. I should get to the next band if I'm good enough in three months. I should be in that next band. I shouldn't have to wait three years. I agree. Conversely, you shouldn't be getting a pay increase just because you've been here. Because you pushed paper for 137 years old, like 137 years. So, no graduation for Kinder. Grade six, have a bit of a thing. Yeah. No, no gowns. Do not throw that hat. I will stab you in the eye with that hat. You know what I think? Grade six is, and if they do it at my school, I'll flip. Grade six is. I think it's a nice thing to recognise that it's a... And there's a coming of age. Yeah, no gowns. You're leaving the school. Um, there are obviously some schools that have their integrated, and that's fine. Yeah. Uh, like, is that for your boys? No, it's no, fine. no. They're just prep to six. But it's like a different campus or whatever. There are some schools that it's on the same campus and you are moving lower school to upper school. I, but by and large, you, go to a, you finish grade six and you go to a different school. Hmm. I can swing that. I can swing I a can, graduation. I cannot yes. swing the gown no. or the hat. Christ, don't even wear that in high school. Wear your school uniform, graduate, get your certificate, right? Fuck off. And fuck off. <laughs> all right? When you get a degree- You need to be- Do not even- If I fucking hear the people wear this at TAFE, not that I know, but if they get it for getting a TAFE certificate, I'll fucking spew. Okay, plough. Thanks. <laughs> University degrees only. That's when you get to wear the- the black, uh, whatever you call that. Yeah, I don't even know what are they it's called. It's a gown. Yeah. Do they, does it and have a mortarboard. Sp- does it have a specific name? Yeah. I don't know if it does. No, I think it's just a gown. I put yeah. mine on the other night. My parents were cleaning the garage. Buy and, one. And a Fabian one was there. So box, had a look, and there was that. So, You know what you should do? You should, I didn't know how to put. You should wear it. The blue. You should wear it to like Harvey's graduation. <laughs> you should wear your gown. I've graduated. <laughs> not you. And I got the, whatever you call the, the colour yeah. thing is that yeah. you wear. And I'm like, I was like, how do you wear that? It's like a sash. I can't remember. (laughs) I can't remember. Everything's just awkward. Did you find the Jennifer Love Hewitt picture? It wasn't in that box. No, that was just a box with the graduation stuff. That's very good. But my parents are doing a massive clean. Okay. I've actually got two Johnny Rainclads because it's going to go into my Jimmy Sunshine. I'm going to touch on one that we're going to do off pod. What? Well, I'm just not going to go there on pod. Okay. All right. Okay. (laughs) Johnny Raincloud. The. you check out on online shopping and you pay for express delivery one to four days or whatever, one to three days. This bullshit that – oh, but that's that doesn't include dispatching time. I'm assuming you dispatch this shit in a day. You go to the warehouse, you go boom, boom. If it's available online, that means your warehouse has stock. Don't give me, oh, there's a four-week delay on dispatching because of all this other crap. I've had that on a couple of items this Christmas. Mm. I've paid for express shipping. Not to read the fine print and go, oh, no, that's only once it's been dispatched and then you're paying for the Australia Post service of one to three days. But see, Fab. Go fuck yourself. Fab. <laughs> I'm, I'm in lockstep with you because – and we've I think we've spoken about this in the past. I often find that there are certain shifty businesses yep. that Australia Post have got a reputation of fucking Australia Post, fucking Australia Post. I think businesses mm. – create the manifest or the con note. Yeah. So you've ordered product X from website B. So it comes up in your Australia Post app. So it comes up, but they haven't fucking sent shit. They yeah. have just generated the note. And then what that creates is oh, I've got to just I've got to pick it. I've got to pack it. I've got to send it out. I've got to take it to the local post office. However, they've got to collect it from us. But they start the process days before they're actually up to that point. 
So therefore, you look at it and go, passing oh, there's been a the notice, buck. there's been a, a consignment created for my article, fantastic, and then it doesn't go anywhere for mm. two or three days. Why it haven't Australia Post picked it up? Because it, it hasn't been made. Because it's not ready. So I think, I think there's a lot of shiftiness going on because as soon as it goes into the system and you start to see it move, it moves. Yeah. It moves quick. So I think that these businesses are – buck passing. I think these businesses are very shifty and they've, they've, they are – yeah, they're, they're passing the buck. Can I open the batting – In the Jimmy Sunshine. Jimmy Sunshine. Where, where, it's where, themed. Hold it's on, themed. hold on, hold on. I like the proactive Fabian. It's taken all year, but we've I come with nothing during the, <laughs> during the season proper. He's barely His prepared. Sack is full. <laughs> well. So, whilst the backhander was given to a lot of these businesses on delivery, okay. Amazon Prime. Oh my God, Jesus how, Christ! How good is it? I thought about something once. Timbo was at my door. I just thought about it. We spoke about it. Didn't this even log into the app. It was already at the door. We spoke about this earlier. So I ordered my nephew a couple of Lego things. He's into this particular Lego thing. Um, and ordered it yesterday and it got it. It's less than 24 hours. In the shadows of Christmas. Less than 24 hours. And more than that, it's like 40 to 45% cheaper yeah. than at the Lego shop. It's yep. exactly right. What is happening? It's. I'm not even paying for Prime. I got yeah. it for free. Yeah. Every dollar I've saved on Prime, yeah. it's been taken up by excessive shopping on Prime. But yeah, yeah, people right. can shit can Jeff Bezos all they want. He is delivering that bald man as fine a product in terms yeah. of logistics. In we terms were talking of about it today. Delivery range in terms of product range, product availability, delivery time, price. He's delivering as fine a product as has ever been put to market. I think the AWS arm of the business, which is the data storage. The cloud that's not in the cloud, it's out in a farm somewhere in these large buildings, um, is probably subsidising a bit of this, but who cares? Oh. This this service. What a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. And for $9, Timbo, I get free shipping, quick shipping, a TV service, right, which I can use over a billion bloody devices, unlike Netflix, who give me none of that. <laughs> who I can't even watch Netflix out, so I had so many Johnny Rain clouds coming in tonight. Well, we haven't recorded for months, so there's a backlog. But there you go. Thumbs up to Jeffrey and his company. Great there's, job, Jeff. There, there's a reason they're massive warehouse the, out in um, out in the west there. there but there, there's a reason they are the biggest. You know that that they leads. left at oh. eBay. Oh. Like, Eating Kill, dust, eating dust isn't enough. Like, them, <laughs> was it, it's, they're so far in the rearview mirror they can't even see them. Yeah. <laughs> Was it burn dust? Eat my rubber, Dad. What do you think? He's. Uh, I think you mean burn rubber and eat my dust. Whatever, Russ. Whatever. <laughs> my Jimmy Sunshine. Eat my row, red liberal. <laughs> <laughs> my Jimmy Sunshine is a shout out to, and people may or may not have seen it. You may or may not have seen it. I told you about it. Uh, is a shout out to the great Phil Liggett. Oh yes, yes. So I contacted Phil regarding a content piece I would like to do with the Box Hill Hawks. We were in our time trial last Saturday. And I had an idea that uh, explaining the concept, it was four 1K efforts and you would have a break of X between each run and then go again, time them all, etc. And I thought if I – they go in groups of two, two groups. So I thought if I do just one group and I film it in such a way, I can stitch it together so it looks like one run and I can get different angles and put it all together to, to create the illusion that it's one race. Yep. What if I get Phil – like Phil Liggett? 
to commentate it like sincerely, like it's a Tour de France. Mm. And I thought, has he got Twitter? Has he got LinkedIn? Has he got something? He's got Twitter. He's got LinkedIn. But I thought I'll, I'll, I'll tweet him on Twitter. And he's, he was active a day or two earlier. Mm. You know, he might see it. This was on Thursday. Bearing the time trials on Saturday. So on Thursday afternoon, I sent him a uh, tweet. Do you mind uh, following me just so I can send you a private message? Not a problem. This is a t- a two hours later. No, no, not a problem. I've followed you. Send him the message. Friday morning, I wake up. He's replied. I've given him the pitch. I'd, would you mind doing this? Love it. I'm more than happy. Unbelievable. Saturday, I film it. Saturday night, I cut it up, send it off to him with a little script and some guides. Yeah. Mm. This is what I'm sort of thinking, put your own spin on it. Saturday night. Sunday night, he sends back his audio, which is more than I asked for, and he's put his own spin on it. It's done on Monday. Wow. What a professional. Unbelievable. The, what a gentleman, what a professional. The classic, like, we all know he's a class act. We've, <laughs> we've seen him for decades. Um, but this is that classic. I wouldn't go so far as to say a hero, but that classic don't meet your heroes sort of thing. Mm. He's an absolute mm. legend. He's and, the voice of cycling, and you, you reach out to him, and I, you know, little old Box Hill, Box Hill Hawks, and he said he's um he's mates with her. He knows he's had uh, a little bit to do with David Zaharakis. Oh yeah, he must okay. love his cycling or be into his cycling. Yep, and he, he's over at the moment at the Kruger Park. He's got a house or whatever over there that he stays in. I think he said he's coming back here in a week or so to do the tour down under. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with Mike Tomalaris, I imagine so. They usually do it in Buninyong. Mount Buninyong. Oh, I imagine so. Yeah. But no, so my Jimmy Sunshine was a shout out to the great Phil Liggett. He's taught me fin- more about France than any history teacher or book or documentary. He watched the Tour de France and you'll know everything you need to know. Panels more than you would have done before. Unbelievable. Do you have a Jimmy Sunshine? I do. I do. I uh, <laughs> School graduations. No, no. I, I, <laughs> tell me, are you uh, – you're not local, Fabian, so no. you don't know this. You won't understand it. Are you familiar with Mr. P? Metallic P, the uh, colour of the family truckster? No. No. Uh, I don't think so. Mr. So there P. is an I think you hate it now. There is an <laughs> old guy, Fabian, who wanders around Tunstall Square in East Doncaster. Shirtless? He, no, no. And he wanders around with a cockatoo. Yeah, no. I, I, I'm familiar with this man. So the cockatoo's name is Mr. P. Yeah. And he comes around and he talks to you and he says uh-huh. hello and all that sort of stuff. And I caught up with Kingers for a coffee this morning. His two sons came along. He walked his dog up. I had my two boys or two of my three boys before we headed into work. And Mr. P, <laughs> I Mr. Had my two boys, <laughs> Mr. P, and his owner comes past, and I said, and I, I said hello to him. <laughs> Kingers thinking, what the fuck is going you on? Said, you said hello to what? Did you say hello to the man or the bird? Well, I said hello to the man, and uh, and and I think my two boys had forgotten because they wouldn't have seen him since pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he started chatting and all that sort of stuff. And I, I happened to say to him, um, how old is – because I know cockatoos live a while. And I said, uh, how old is Mr. P? Mr. P is 54 years of age. Shit. Yeah. Does he have his birth certificate? Well, I asked his owner and he said he's 54 years of age. That, to That's me, extraordinary for a bird. It's absolutely remarkable. And if there are listeners that live in our zone – they will most likely be familiar with Mr. P. So give us a shout-out on the Twitter handle mm-hmm. if you are familiar with Mr. P and his work. The funniest thing at the very end of it, King's had a GWS um, uh, cap on, but it was like a beige number, and, and because the G, you, you wouldn't recognise it. Anyway, King was sitting there, he had a, um, he had a singlet on, 
GWS singlet. Yeah, and no, no, just full no, training gear. No, no, it was just it was a, it was a, it was a plain shirt. It was, it was a plain shirt. You wouldn't have known. And Mr. P's owner said... <laughs> he had his whistle. He, no, he had a look at him and he looked at his arms and he's gone, um, do you do like uh, powerlifting or something, <laughs> do you? And Keels goes, no, no, no. He said, just, just regular stuff. He goes, where do you work out? And Keels didn't tell him who he was or anything else like that, yeah, because he doesn't doesn't indulge in those sorts of things. And he, he batted it away. Except but- when I met him. G'day, Adam Kingsley, GWS. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy, when I met him, he had no idea what I was doing. I don't, I don't want your CV, Adam. I don't want. Okay, I'll oh, take thank your CV. You, thank you. Yes, it's a PDF. You can look at it later. I'll only drop it to you. But it was just, that was just a funny moment. But yeah, Mr. P, fifty-four like years of age, and, and here is a guy that just gives back to his community, and people say hello. And and what he actually said was, I had a woman come up the other day with her granddaughter, and um, and said, Oh, do you mind? Could I please get a photo of my granddaughter with Mr. P? And Mr. P went on her head and took the photo and it turns out he, she said, I have a photo of me when I was a little girl with Mr. P. I wanted to do the same thing with my granddaughter, which is when I thought, how old is Mr. P? And it's like the, the, this cockatoo is like the phantom. Third generation. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, the ghost, ghost who walks. walks. Yeah. Fif- 54. It's like, it's like Petey from uh, Dumb Pre- and Dumber. Pretty bird. <laughs> <laughs> pretty bird. Our head, bird's heads are falling off. <laughs> um, well, to bring it bit more around to people who might live where I am. We've got a couple of characters. We've got one. So, sorry, sorry, sorry. Just I, I just want to have a clean break. Sorry, just before. So is this same guy owned Mr. P for that entire time? Yes. So how old is this bloke? Oh, he'd be, he'd, he, he's easily 70 yeah, and okay, could be yeah. 80. Okay. okay. Con- yeah, continue. So and in my area, we've got a couple of characters. One of them people will know is the walking man. He's like all he does is walk. He's barefoot, shirtless. So he's just got a black pair of. Please say he's wearing some pants. Black pair of shorts, tattered, long hair. I'm talking about like '80s rock band long hair, and just walks barefoot, and you just see him in and around the place all the time. Headphones. Don't know. So there's him. There's the crackhead at the Juneberg. There's Juneberg. <laughs> So anyone who travels down Dalton Road at the freeway underpass, there's a crackhead who juggles a soccer ball there. He's there all the time. He's harmless. Doesn't barely ask for money. Is he, he just, any good? He's just he can juggle. Okay. So he's just always doing tricks and stuff. And another one who I haven't seen in a while. There used to be a guy on Eggers Road used to wave a flag. Um, used to stand in the middle of the road and like. Wave a massive flag. What, uh, what sort of flag? Uh, just, 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 I don't know. Like a, uh, like, like a artistic gymnastics not, sort of. No, 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 no. Not, not a, not a, not well, a ribbon. Twirly, not a ribbon. No, a flag. But um, yeah. But the walking man, he's just, just, just out for a walk. Just, he's just, but he's got one of those. He walks like the Fat Boy Slim film uh, clip. Yeah, you know the. Yeah. Is he yeah, like the is one he, through time? The yeah. amount of walking this guy does. Is he fit? He's not. Oh. He is. He, 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 he don't look at him and go. You could tell he does. He gets his K's in. Uh, no, <laughs> Dumb and Dumb guess you must work out. Yeah. <laughs> Will you look at the house? Look on at that. the buns on that. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. yeah. Samsonite. There I you go. Way I was off. way off. Oh, very, 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 very good. Excellent stuff, gentlemen. So that, uh, unfortunately, just for time, I scrubbed the mailbox. So I do apologise to everyone. So we got one banger. 
Yeah, because I didn't want to do three. I was kind of like, I just wanted to sign off on the 90s bangers. We have been going for three and a half hours. Three, three eleven. So, um, I You've got a birthday to get to. I, do, I did I scratch do. this. Shout so, out to Torrin. Shout out to Torrin, 16 years of age. I was shouting. Torrin flies. does fly. Um, so Which means, good. Timbo, if Torrin's 16, it means... Next year he'll be 17. You're a dickhead. <laughs> I don't know where you're going. I always know how old Torrin is because Torrin's born just after Kelly and I got married. Aha. Uh-huh. Yep, yep. Because Elise was heavily, heavily pregnant. pregnant at my uh-huh. wedding. So, yeah, so look, for time I've scrabbed the, the, um, the what's it called, the mailbox. So I do apologise to everyone who contributed. But that brings us to the end of a 2023 season, which is all very exciting. We've done the episode. We've locked it. Well, I think we've had a good chat. I've got my notes here to put in the uh, podcast stuff. There you go. Well, can, it was a can, good year. I mean, you called the flag. We went awfully close. It was a fun ride, but I want more. I do want more. So, you know I, who else wants more? <laughs> <laughs> We're doing uh, a quiz. We're doing no, Tim. <laughs> We're signing off with the fucking sale of the century music. Oh, oh no! We need to be quick because Timbo does I, need I to go. I do have to go. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I've about just that. messaged my wife to find out if I need to pick up pizza, but I don't believe I do. <laughs> so what we'll do, listeners, because um, this might run. Sort of, I don't know how long Tim. it'll run. What we'll do, <laughs> TD, like I'm going to steal. <laughs> what we'll do is we'll, I'll, I'll, so we'll sign off for this episode as just a chat, and we'll do the quiz as its own standalone. Love it. This episode. is the only bullshit he feels the need. To. Take off the to edit. Up, so yes. what we'll do is thank you to everyone for listening in for 2023. That does us for 2023. We've had an absolute ball bringing you the show. We hope you've enjoyed this episode as well as the season as a whole. Um, for me, Sean Davis, thank you so much. Sean Davis. <laughs> for me, Sean- Welcome to the fold. <laughs> oh, if you would have said, for me, Sean Davis, <laughs> put us out of the guts. <laughs> I, I should have. If I was quick enough, I could have saved that. For me, Sean Peter, it's been an absolute pleasure for Tim Davis. Always a pleasure. For Fabiano. Uh, Buon Natale, ragazzi. Yes. Um, see you next year. We'll see you. We'll probably do a pre-season match one. or well, I yeah. think we're playing St Kilda, is it? St Kilda and then Melbourne. Whatever. We, we yeah. might do one of those. Um, and we've also scheduled an unofficial one against Geelong. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So we might do something at one of those. But thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you all again next year. The next episode will be the quiz, so catch that if you would like to. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Go the Mighty Blues. Go Blues. Okay.